This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Place to Be Nation, welcome back to another edition of Making Mount Rushmore here on the Pop Experience. I am Steve Riddle, your host and moderator and panelist tonight. Uh, it is a brand new year, 2023. Happy New Year to all of you. Hope everyone had a very safe and happy uh, holiday. And uh, We are getting ready to uh, kick off what's sure to be a great uh, year for this, uh, for this podcast. We are on episode 39 here uh, tonight. And for this episode, we got a, a trio of great gentlemen here. We have a gentleman making his debut, uh, one who hasn't been on in quite a while, ma- making his return, and one who's almost got to become uh, this, the uh, the unofficial co-host almost with the amount of times he's been on. But uh, we'll get to that in a second. Um, let's let me go ahead and bring in our uh, newcomer first. Uh, you can usually find him on the Bleeding Edge uh, show where they talk a lot of great stuff. They are currently going through their um, – Reviews of Andor, which he will talk about later on the show. It is Mr. Jeff Sloboda. Uh, Jeff, I apologize if I butchered your last name, but uh, welcome to the podcast. No, nah, man, you actually got it right the first time. So you know what? You win a prize at that point. You get a you get a you get a uh, a free five hundred thousand dollar crack part for party just straight from Tyrone Biggins himself. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's <laughs> never had that kind of response, but um, but no, uh, it's a uh, it's great to have you great to have you on making your debut here. And uh, I know you've told me before that you are um a big uh, lover of everything '90s, so uh, you're gonna hey. be uh, right at home with our topic tonight. I'll tell you right now, man. I'm looking I'm looking at uh I'm looking at a, a literally of a poster right now of Shirley Manson, of of not, from the 1990s back when I was what well, I had a crush on her my freshman year of high school and legit. I have an intro on the MCU's Bleeding Edge of Julianne Moore from Boogie Nights that I bought to to get to have the picture. Mm. For the years, yeah, that's how much I that's how much I love the '90s, baby. Mm-hmm. And redheads. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a nostalgic period for a lot of people. So, uh, as I'm sure my other our other two guests will talk about. Uh, also joining us uh, uh, here, um, I said he's kind of the unofficial uh, co-host because he's been on uh, quite a number of times uh, these last few episodes. You can usually find him on Greetings from Allentown, great podcast, as well as uh, one of the regular voices you now hear on uh, the Video Jukebox Song of the Day here on the Pop Feed. It is Mr. Keith Langston. Keith, how are you, sir? Hello, hello. How are you? How are you doing? and Steve um yeah I am uh I've been enjoying the pop video of jukebox song of the day recordings and uh I'm I'm excited I'm excited to be to be to be with you and with Andy on that that's uh that's a, looks like we have a hell of a trio doing those <laughs> and now let's go ahead and bring in our third member of our group here uh he's it's been a while since he's been on but it's uh good to have him back he's uh, my good friend Mr. Michael Cook Michael how are you sir I'm doing pretty good. Uh, glad to be back. Uh, and I think uh, I picked a good subject, the 90s, you know, TV and and comedies and dramas since uh, by high school years and beyond. And back then I was a TV junkie. <laughs> yeah, so uh, like uh, Mike said, our topic for tonight is going to be a good one. We're going to be discussing uh, TV sitcoms and dramas from the 1990s. Uh, basically, these are shows that um, had their mostly their heyday in the uh, in the 90s, either as um, the majority of their run or either they started in the 90s, because um, I know we had a couple of um, 
shows there may have been a few shows that may have started in the late 80s but had their uh, runs in the in the 90s so we're going to go ahead and discuss all those uh we're going to go ahead and start off with uh with our newcomer jeff uh go ahead and give us the first entry on your mount rushmore of 90s tv sitcoms oh i got actually do i have to write them no no you just um you just talk about okay them. Okay. Okay. Cause yeah, I, I don't do, I'm not, I'm not, I don't do so hot sometimes with like a top three or a top, you know, like put them in order. But, um, basically I guess if I had to start with, um, what am I doing? Sitcoms or dramas first? Sitcoms. All right. I guess I'll start with, um, now I hope this, that's been uh, animated. Does that, does that, does that qualify as a sitcom? Uh, yeah, that can qualify. That would qualify. Cause there, yeah. there were some, uh, great comic com- comic moments during that show. Okay, excellent. Well, that's I mean, because I can easily swipe something in, the, in different in there. But I love Espen Animated just because it's very simple. It's, it was classic. I mean, you know, classic. I mean, freaking everybody loved Espen Animated series. Like everybody did. Essentially, mm-hmm. it's like universal almost. It's very hard to find anybody like of any color or whatever gender or whatever the hell. You know, what I mean that you don't talk to them and you're like, and did you ever watch Espen Animated series? And they're like, yeah, I loved it. You know, so it's just universally was really good. Like people enjoyed it. Um, Marvel Comics was in its heyday right before the bust, right? So perfect timing. And in a way, if you think about it, um, the Espen animated series was a vehicle, a stepping stone, just like Blade and the, the original, all the original attempts to make the superhero films work. It was, a, it, it, it sort of, uh, you know, was a precedent or a stepping stone to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, I remember the um, that show was really big in the during that time. You know, Fox Kids um, that was like one of the cornerstone shows, and I mean, really, that kind of uh, that show really was almost the catalyst to um, the X Men making it to the big screen um, in 2000. So I think when you um, ask a lot of people that do that did grow up in the 90s, especially those that were comic uh, readers, um, they would say that um, X Men the animated series was one of their favorites um, TV shows growing up, and definitely a, a good choice there. Um, Keith, do you have anything else to say about X Men the animated series? Uh, I mean, that was a that was a great show. Uh, I, you know, a lot of, in fact, I believe it's making a comeback, or at least the co- comic book version form. It right? is, Keith. No, Keith, yeah. it is. It is coming out. It's they're, they're yeah. redoing it. They're they're, gonna, yeah, they're so. coming out with they're redoing it. They're picking it up right where they left off. Yeah, so that's awesome. I mean, yeah, that was that's kind of like one of the quintessential uh, cartoon shows back in the in the nineties, and uh, excellent, excellent addition, I think, on any list. And it fits the sitcom genre as well because there were continuing stories into you know multiple episodes. So yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Mike, do you have anything else to say about X Men the animated series? Well, since I'm the geriatric of the group, um, I'll admit I never seen it. You know, I know that my younger brother used to love it, and he grew up uh, pretty much in the late '90s, um, but I never had a chance. So, get on it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, well, I know Disney Plus has a lot of those um, those episodes up there. So yeah. That's a good place to. That would be I a good actually, place to start. I, I actually bought a bootleg um, DVD copy off of like eBay. That was like you know, but it was. But I liked it. What I liked about it is that it was. It came in like a case, and the person put like the actual like DVD case and printed it out in color and everything. And then when you open up the case, it had multiple pages with all the different you know DVDs that were in there. So yeah, I mean it was uh, for one of the one of the better bootlegs that I bought off of like eBay back in the day so <laughs> uh 
if, if you don't mind at all, Stephen, I did, the only thing I just wanted to mention about it too also was that it was it was a it was a it was one of the first attempts that, that was made to try to translate or like try to introduce people into you know into the X Men into the, these concepts from the from the comics to widespread audiences and whatnot you know and it, it, you know that didn't like comics so again like it, it set a precedent it wasn't just that it was entertaining and whatnot and everything in a way it was almost like um you know it was a building block absolutely mm-hmm. I um. I agree with that 100%. Um, you can say that for a lot of other um, kind of comic uh, animated shows that came out during that time frame. So, yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. All right, uh, let's go ahead and move on to Mike. Uh, give us the first entry on your Mount Rushmore of 90s uh, sitcoms. Well, why don't we stick with uh, cartoons, and we'll have to go with the one that um, 740 episodes and counting, and we'll go with The Simpsons. <laughs> I mean... I mean, I'm old. I'm old enough to remember when they were debuting on the Tracy Ullman show, you know, and it started. That was late '80s, and then they just grew on from there to have their own series. And nobody uh, would ever have guessed that, you know, it would still be going thirty something years later. Mm. Uh, I mean, have iconic characters. I mean, tell me. Tell me a kid that didn't grow up in the that in the 90s, 90s or 2000s that would, you know, eat my shorts or don't, you know, still say don't all, you know, all these years later. Um, and it just impacted the way for other adult adult type uh, cartoons to come back onto primetime. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's definitely, I mean, it's one of the greatest shows of in the history of television, and um, I had it on my Mount Rushmore as well. Um, I think if you ask a lot of people, they'll say that um, The Simpsons' uh, heyday was in the in the 90s, and even in, maybe even in the early 2000s. Um, but yeah, for a um, for a show to have the um, the long the run that it's had is just so incredible, and not just you know forget any show. The fact that an animated show has had that long of a run um, is just really incredible, and it's it's a testament to the um, to the writing of the show and to the, the characters. And I mean, they are like you know part of pop culture phenomena, um, even to still to this day. Um, the fact that they were one of the few TV shows to get their own movie. Um, many years later, just as a, I think, a further testament to how incredible of a run that they've had, and they definitely belong on uh, on a list of greats uh, in terms of the greatest TV shows of all time. And Keith, I know you had this on your Mount Rushmore as well. I did, and it was funny because when I sent you my first list, uh, I looked at my list and I went, uh, and I made a grievous error by leaving this off originally. Uh, I replaced it with, uh, and I'll say it was an honorable mention. I originally had Beavis and Butthead, and I don't know. For some reason, I thought that it didn't dawn. It didn't. I didn't remember that The Simpsons debuted on December seventeenth, nineteen eighty nine. I mean, that's basically nineteen ninety at this point. So I was like, okay, so they are basically they are totally one hundred percent a ninety show. Um, I mean, The Simpsons, as far as I'm concerned, is it's not only one of the best cartoons. It's also one of the best sitcoms. It's one of the best shows of all time. Uh, I, there are so many people that I know that hate seasons like 11 through post movie and i always tell them i go listen i go the writing was different 
Um, obviously Conan O'Brien had left and everything, but I go, one of the greatest things about the Simpsons is like you said, Steve, is just their longevity, their ability to adapt, their ability to change. Uh, I mean, how many, how many retcons? I mean, they retcon the Simpsons history about as much as they retcon comic book history. I mean, it's insane, but I love it. I love the show. It still makes me laugh to this day on Sundays. Um, it's one of the must-see things for me on the weekends is watching the Simpsons and, I remember when FXX did their all-day Simpsons marathon, like, every episode ever. I mean, I watched uh, a good chunk of it. Like, I would say, like, 60 to 75% of episodes I sat up and watched, like, all night long. and so, Just so many memories of when I was a kid growing up. And, uh, you know, Mike, I don't think you said you were geriatric. You're probably about the same age as I am. So, don't you know, <laughs> you know the 90s was our heyday. I mean... You weren't already working 40 hours a week in 1990, were you? <laughs> uh, not that quite. But, All right, good. Uh, so we're about I mean, the same. We're probably the same age. So. <laughs> I mean, it, it did open. I mean, you got to think that first season averaged 33 and a half million viewers. That's oh, yeah. average, that let was... alone one episode. I mean, granted, in 1990, there was nowhere near as many shows to watch. And, you know, if you look at anything on how many viewers they've had, it's dwindled. But it's not a lot of people say, well, because it's not as good. Well, it also, you know, in 1990, we didn't have a hundred things to watch. Now, no, nobody watches anything live. It's all stream. Before that, it was like the Flintstones was the last like real cartoon sitcom ish that you could watch. And I I mean, The Simpsons is and was and still is, I think, water cooler conversation. I mean, you had kids talking about it in school. I had friends of mine that were calling me up on like Sunday night afterwards going like, did you watch Simpsons? And I was like. Oh my God, I missed it. What happened? And then they would tell me and I was like, no, I can't believe I missed it. So, I mean, and then we would talk about it at school the next day. And then you go back 20 years later and you watch the same episode again and you laugh for a completely different reason because now you're an adult and you get all the adult jokes. I mean, and also look at it on, on through the history and how many things they've actually, you know, it's predicted. funny that they predicted. I mean, predicted. actually Disney plus Disney plus <laughs> now has something the prediction episode yeah yes. and it just goes through yes. and it's just amazing i mean and you would never think i mean obviously no one knows but it's kind of hilarious to think that to this day pop culture still reference i mean there was something with um when the cubs won the world series it was actually mm-hmm. predicted mm-hmm. in 94 mm-hmm. 94 95 on a on a show and they were running with it you know with the world series yeah you know so it's still yeah it'll be relevant sure this will be talked about i mean it's gone through what three three decades it's, it's going to be on its fourth decade soon yeah so. and it's and it's still like i said it's still a great show i mean it kind of went to it got to the point during the as i would say the dark times which is like pre-movie i feel like the pre-movie uh where one or two episodes a season would make me like laugh out loud. And then ask, I don't know what they did. They must have got together when they did that movie and they must have said, let's make this show friggin' awesome again. And then because it seems like since the movie came out, the show has just been top notch and it's been up there. But I mean, again, look at all the imitators that came after it. I mean, you can you can say Beavis and Butted, You could say South Park. You can say Family Guy, American Dad. Everything that's come after that is basically just an imitation of The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's going to be a um it's going to be a, 
it's going to be the end of an era when The Simpsons finally does um, finish up its run. It's going to be crazy to think, you know, when it does, that it'll have been on the air for so long. Um, Jeff, do you have anything else to say about The Simpsons? Oh, yeah, no, definitely. No, now, um, now this is just, this just give you an impression of the difference. I like contrast a lot. I do on the MCU's Bleeding Edge. I love having um, people, um, honestly, um, you know, Michael, um, of the, my my special guest co-host on Sundays is is Renee uh, Loki's mom from the podcast of Champions and she's she's like she's in she's past retirement age, right? And she she sits on guest panels with me with kids that are like twenty years old on some shows. You know what I mean? Like I love the generational aspects of talking about about things like different themes and different concepts. Um, I love contrast. And um, so at that point, uh, and by the way, we also as a part of our merch, we're also selling a bleeding edge. Um, like, um, uh, you know, uh, I guess a Chinese knockoff version of, of uh, Viagra. If you ever need anything, you know, just let me know. Okay, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you the, uh, the bleeding edge discount. Um, but uh, anyways, it's a joke, just joking. But, um, no, but, um, bottom line, um, no, uh, the, the Simpsons was never my deal. Um, because even as a kid, um, look, I, I started cutting my teeth as a child, like as a teenager watching Oz. And like literally like, you know, um, watching HBO series and whatnot when I was like 12, 11, I, I read um, World, I read War and Peace when I was 10. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, um, I read Dante when I was like 11 or 12. So, I mean, I'm just saying that I've always liked dramatic, serious material. I've always liked graphic stuff. I've always liked hard hitting, you know, graphic kind of humor. But at the same time, though, what I respect about The Simpsons is that it's staying power and longevity the precedence it's set because everything that you're right. Uh, anybody who says that they didn't inspire everything that's come out since in terms of family guy, American dad, all that success belongs to the Simpsons. Um, the only difference is, is that they just adjusted to like the, the culture and the and society as time went on um, into the audience. But at the same time though, um, the Simpsons was always family friendly and still is right. Just because in the bleeding edge, we're not for kids and we're sort of adult theme doesn't mean that I don't appreciate and respect the fact that it's there's there's I have kids. There's something very wonderful and great about the fact that you can watch and enjoy a TV series as an adult and with your children. Right. And both laugh at something. Right. Even if maybe the kids don't completely get it. Right. So that's all. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, I think that um, everyone has pretty much said really, you know, everything there is to say about it. And, you know, it's just uh, the fact that it even exists still is is right there is all needs to be said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And one of those few shows, too, that can can be funny and have like all these like jokes and everything, but yet still be serious and, and, and you know, tackle important issues. And they handle um, it the right way. They handle it the right way, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think that's also what helps its longevity. So, um, yeah, great. Um, great choice there. All right, uh, Keith, we'll go back to you. Uh, give us another entry on your Mount Rushmore of uh, 90 sitcoms. Uh, well, I think I will go for, uh, in my opinion, it's the greatest sitcom of the 90s, and that is Seinfeld. And I think that there's, uh, if I had to say, I don't I don't want to rank him as well, because I do love The Simpsons almost as equally as Seinfeld. Um, but Seinfeld may be the George Washington on this. I think that overall, it's... It's the be- it's the greatest it's the greatest sitcom of all time. It really is. I mean, there's I don't think there's a debate. I think that um, it was it still has staying power. It's a little dated. I mean, you watch them now, but I mean, one of the funniest things is that it's on Comedy Central now, and they do like a really good block of it on like Saturday and Sunday mornings. And my nephew, who's 14, watches it, 
and he laughs hysterically at the show, which just makes me smile and just think, wow, these jokes are hitting a 14 year old and he's getting them and he's thinking that they're funny. And and that's just that just shows that kind of staying power for a show that really, I mean, it was incredibly written, obviously. Um, they ended right when they they should have. I will agree 100 percent that they they ended when they should have. They could have done another season. I don't think they I think they ended it perfectly where they did. Um, and then really, I mean, when you look at it, it's kind of like it's it's sister sequel, Curb Your Enthusiasm, it's incredible. I mean, Curb Your Enthusiasm is hilarious. And I think that that's one of the things I always loved about Curb was that it was it was Seinfeld, but just we're taking it up a notch. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think um, if you ask a lot of people to kind of name the quintessential 90s sitcom, Seinfeld's going to be the first one that comes to everybody's mind. Um, I had it on my Mount Rushmore as well. Um, just a really, you know, funny, smart show. I mean, that was, you know, Jerry Seinfeld was at his, you know, at his best. Um, great cast of characters. Um, like you said, some of the stuff there on there now, maybe not would fly in today's day and age, but it definitely was very revolutionary for its the for the time. And I mean, it's I mean, think about it. Without um, you know, the the joke, the fact that um, you know, they made a reference of I think it was like. I think it was Kramer made a reference to like the, the pool room being the place to be without that, the place to be nation wouldn't basically exist. The place to be. Yes. (laughs) So we, you know, so we owe a little debt of gratitude to Seinfeld for basically, you know, giving us the name of our, uh, of our little communities. (laughs) Um, You know, we always have that um, to fall back on as well. Um, Jeff, you also had Seinfeld on your Mount Rushmore as well. Yeah. That was the only one that I actually was okay with putting on that. I knew everyone else would probably, somebody else would have. You know what I'm saying? Because I did really quick in my like little, you know, it only took me like three minutes to do my my list. But like basically, um, you know, I just wanted to make sure I really contrasted. I didn't want to pick anything uniform. Right. I wanted, I wanted something you know different to, to be able to talk about. Uh, you know, um, I'll be honest with you. If you guys ever just want to get together and whatnot, I'll pay you all. And we can do two hours on Seinfeld, just to be clear. But um, anyways, um, no, but uh, no, honestly, um, look, as far as I'm concerned, if, if, I, if there's a kid out there that laughs at Seinfeld and gets Seinfeld, I'm fucking impressed. Like right there. I'm already, I'm impressed already. I'm like, Hey, I respect you already. Like we're good. Well, um, he is, he is my nephew. So, you know, Hey, you know what? I mean, <laughs> Hey, you know what? Um, the, uh, uh, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Of well, family well, tree. I, I'll be honest with you, man. I mean, I mean, <laughs> honestly, I, um, I start, I be, I actually became capable of having children around age seven. So, I mean, you know, like, I mean, I have, I could, I have so many, uh, possible children out there. I don't even know. Uh, some of them may like Seinfeld. I have no idea. But um, you know, uh, either way, um, bottom line, um, no. But um, as far as I'm concerned, as far as like what you're saying about some of the stuff on Seinfeld, maybe would not work nowadays. Look, as far as I'm concerned, we don't need any of this left or right stuff when it boils down to it, it, it or crap. Seinfeld is a very simple litmus test and metric, as far as I'm concerned. If you watch Seinfeld and you have a freaking problem with Seinfeld at this point, where we're at and whatnot, I, I ain't down with you. Like we're not, we're not, we're not going to work. Right. Like if you have a little problem with it, like if you're literally butt hurt and like crying because of Seinfeld, then at that point we ain't going to fly. We ain't going to jive. You know what I'm saying? Cause you know, it was all well done, all done tastefully. Right. Everyone liked it. I've talked to plenty of people of plenty of different colors and whatnot and, and origins and cultures and whatnot that all like Seinfeld and get the humor and whatnot and everything. Right. So, I mean, um, and at the end of the day, the freaking show changed sitcom sitcoms completely for like ever because it completely 
broke the entire mold of how almost all sitcoms basically had a simple theme of like an A story, B story, you know, um, with a runner type of deal where essentially they'd have like a, a continued joke throughout the episode, right? And like that'd be the theme. And Seinfeld changed that entire shit because they, they all of a sudden started just jumping from scene to scene, right? You know, shifting dynamics, shifting locations, uh, scrutinizing interpersonal relationships between the different characters, then switching them up, you know, pairing Elaine with Kramer for an episode, then pairing George with Elaine. That type of dynamic had never been done before in TV. So not only did they break that mold, but on top of that, they also um, were so popular and made so much money individually as actors that they changed the entire landscape as far as what was financially possible in TV for as an actor or actress. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, like you said, it, um, it definitely changed the game and it set the standard for what we would see in, um, in future sitcoms coming, going, down, going down the road. And um, this was, in fact, a clean sweep because, Michael, you had it on your Mount Rushmore as well. Well, for everything everyone's saying, I just got two things. One, Festivus for the rest of us. And the and personally, I think of the all-time classic episode of almost any comedy ever, The Contest. And with that, I'm out. <laughs> I mean, seriously, is Frank Costanza not one of the best side characters of all time? Like... <laughs> As I rain blows upon him, I no, he was so, listen, he's, the so, he's so popular, he was in Wakanda Forever, or he was in the She-Hulk finale. <laughs> he was. He was Scar. Hmm. A little interesting uh, fact there. Um, hmm. Okay, well, I will go ahead now and uh, give one of uh, another one of my entries on my Mount Rushmore. And this is a, the show I picked here. Um Maybe not everybody's cup of tea, uh, but I know it definitely was one of the uh, biggest hits of the of the 90s during that time, and that's Friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe not on the same level as um, Seinfeld, but it definitely um, was a big show for when it was out. Um, launched the careers of a lot of those um, those actors, and I mean, let's let's face it, there was a period in the 90s where you know every woman out there had a, a hairstyle like um, like Rachel on the show. Um, you know, it was again one of those cultural phenomenons that really kind of you know grasped at the um, at, at the time frame, and it was really a, a product of its time. And it just was one of, I mean, you could argue it was one of uh, NBC's biggest hits um, when it was out um, during during its time frame. So I think it definitely um, merited mm-hmm. a mention on uh, my Mount Rushmore at least. Um, mm-hmm. Michael, do you have anything to say about Friends? You know, I I was. I was uh, not a huge fan of it. I mean, I watched it occasionally. I didn't see the whole series. Um, I know my sister-in-law is a huge, huge fan of it. Um, but, I mean, it, it is a classic series, and it was a staple on, you know, the Thursday night comedies on NBC. Um, it it's, will be played in syndication and streaming forever. Um, and... You know, it, like you said, it, it just wasn't my my cup of tea, but it, you know, it was a great series. Um, so I will just pivot onto somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> great to segue there, uh, Jeff. Are we back? We're, are we back? Still on Seinfeld? No, we're talking about uh, Friends. Oh, Friends! Oh, geez, I have nothing to say about Friends really, other than the fact that. Um, I like Jennifer Aniston's hair. When she got her hair cut, 
at that one point, her hair was freaking great. Well, like I said, that um, the 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 you know the Rachel look was um was big hey. for for women back you know in that during that time. Mm-hmm. That hair was so hot, like seriously, people could like guys could like uh play with themselves to that. Just the hair. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Uh, uh, Keith, do you have anything else to say about friends? Uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't want you to attack me on this, you know, if I see you, Steve, but, um, I actually didn't watch, uh, friends. Um, I had several friends who did obviously. And I know, um, every time like a friends thing either comes up on YouTube or comes up on TikTok or comes up on whatever internet thing I'm looking at, I always watch it and I always go, Jesus, I need to watch this freaking show. And I know for for years it was on Netflix, and I never watched it when it was on Netflix. And now that I'm going to look for it, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to pay for it. And uh, that that's just really depressing to me. But uh, no, I um, I mean, I think that I think it was it was it was very similar to Seinfeld and the fact that it created things that came up in the lexicon after the fact. Um, I mean, I know people, Mike, it's funny you said pivot, because I know so many people that say pivot like that, and it's just because of that one episode, which I did see, and, uh, you know, just there's, there was a lot of things that kind of came up from it, um, I know it's kind of made a resurgence, because, uh, you know, if you, it has a resurgence because of, what, the anniversary show that they did on HBO, and then, of course, with, um, the book that came out for, um, uh, Chandler, I can't remember Chandler's name. What's his name again? But um, Matthew know, Perry. Yeah, Matthew. Pe- yeah, like I know that it's kind of been back in the in the, it's back in the thing again. It's back in the ether. So uh, no, but Friends, Friends is on that. It, it's got to be on that list. It's got to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I know it's not everybody's cup of tea. Um, I I didn't even really watch it a lot myself. I I know I've caught a couple of episodes here and there. Um, but again, just for how you know, huge well, it was at the longevity, well, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, but also because it was such a, it was a juggernaut of a show. I mean, you know, pretty much everybody from that show was able to cash in on, I mean, seriously, if you think about it, before that show started, the most notable thing any of that cast did, besides like Jennifer Aniston being in, Le- in Leprechaun, um, it was, I mean, it was. Oh, please um, don't, please don't talk about that. Worst acting <laughs> job in the history of acting. But it, but like, what what is it? Courtney Cox being in, I mean, Masters of the Universe and the uh, Bruce Springsteen video. I mean, that's kind of it. Like, Courtney Cox was probably the biggest name going into that show. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, uh, Jeff, let's go back around to you now. Uh, give us another entry on your Mount Rushmore of 90 sitcoms. Last thing about Friends. No, I just want to point out that Friends also, just like Seinfeld, also did change the entire financial landscape as far as like what was possible for actors and actresses in the series and TV. Mm-hmm. In terms of like the fact that they did unify as a team, right, and say, we're all going to get paid the same amount of money or nobody, or we're not going to do the show. Right? Yeah. That's That I respect. I don't care. It, whether I enjoyed the show or not that much, that I respect. Just like Seinfeld coming out right from jump and saying, if you don't pay the rest of my team the right amount of money, I'm not doing the show, right? That I respect too. So I just think that that's, uh, that's just kind of stuff I really care about at the end of the day is, is giving a shit about your team and people, the people that support you, right? And that, and that help facilitate your success. And that I respect. I don't care whether I enjoy the show or not. That I respect. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, at that point, friends, just like Seinfeld, friends um, for women, especially 
again, with women, female actresses and whatnot in TV, they changed what was possible for how much money they could make in a TV series. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, that's a great, great point. And uh, you would see that. I mean, even um, going back to The Simpsons, they even did the same thing. They wanted to make sure that they all, you know, got paid the right, you know, you know, properly for their work. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's when you work together that long with so with the same amount of people for that long, you you form a tight knit bond, and it you know, it shows through, and not only on the screen but off the screen. So that's definitely a great point. Okay, well, uh, oh. Jeff, why don't you go? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, are we are we do are we jumping back and forth, or are we still doing sitcoms? Uh, we're still on sitcoms. So go go okay. ahead, just give us uh, the next entry that yep, you haven't yep. uh, mentioned yet. That seventy show. Um, now. Somebody on here will probably already have this. I don't know. Um, I don't, I think it was pretty popular. Um, it did extend into the 2000s, right? Um, it did. But it started, I think, in 98, right? Um, you know, 97 or 98, I can't remember, but right around then. And so I figured that qualified. And um, at that point, um, and I just, I just saw today for the first time that Netflix is doing that 90s show now with the parents, which is crazy, mm -hmm. isn't that? Isn't that crazy? But um, – you know, whether I'll watch it or not is another question, but no, um, like I do like some lighthearted stuff. I do. And something about that 70s show, maybe it was, maybe it's the era, the music, the, the, I like classic rock. I do a lot. Um, I like the seventies era in general, the sixties era to some extent. I don't like the hippie aspect of it really that much, but I do like the, um, the general vibe of it, you know, with how free things were. It was a different time period. And, um, so I love, I just like how they, they could, they could be kids. On the show like it was cool and um they handled the the family oriented humor well you know it all boils down to how you how you how you plan and and, and write and you know how you're writing what your writing's like um you know and they had really talented young actresses on and actors on that show they really were good i mean hell um the one girl there that's still pretty much um you know still pretty active uh i forget her name um god um the uh the youngest one out of the cast i think mila kunis Mila Kunis, yeah, that like lied about her age or whatever. I think initially, when she first was cast, um, she was 14, I think, when she first started on the show. She was 14 years old. So like, I mean, um, like, which was crazy, but no, but um, they're all really talented. They all worked really well together, and um, uh, you know, the parents were freaking hilarious, man. Um, seriously, uh, Red and uh, the mom, everything going out, they would they tripped me out. Um, uh, the the neighbor Bob. It was like the swinger or whatever and whatnot and everything and all that. It was funny, man. I I dug it. Um, and it's and it, it's it was positive and light, and um, yeah, just a touch. It, it, I guess for me personally, it connected. I, I found something about it, you know, fun and so I, you know, I've sat and rewatched it a couple times. I have. I, I find it enjoyable. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, like you said, it did extend into the two thousands, but it did start in the late nineties. So I definitely would include it. Um. And yeah, it was such a such a surprise hit for the time. I mean, it, like I said, launched Mila Kunis's career, launched launched Ashton Kutcher's career. Um, that last two the, seasons, last two seasons though, ugh, pretty rough. Yeah, but I think there was um, it came out really at a good time because that was when I think a lot of people were feeling nostalgic for like the '70s and the '80s and that sort of thing. So I think it really kind of hit at the right time. And then, like you said, now we've got you know that '90s show about to come out with a lot of the same cast involved. So um, hopefully it does better than what um, that '80s show did when it came out. Um, but I guess we'll just have to uh, wait and let's see not, about that. Let's not bring that up. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I didn't even know it happened. 
Oh. It, it was only on for like a season, if even. So it, 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 did, not do, even, yeah. it did not do well at all. Yeah, it didn't do well at all. Keith, no. if you said it's bad, I don't want to see it. You know, <laughs> I mean, the only thing, the only good thing about it is that um, I think, it, it, thankfully, that tanked because then uh, we got um, Glenn Howerton went over to do It's Always Sunny. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least there was a silver lining for something. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, Michael, do you have anything else to say about that 70s show? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a good show. Unfortunately, I forget what the time slot was, but because of the time slot, I, it wasn't like on my radar to start. So I watched it more in reruns. Um, you know, I know a lot of people don't like the later episodes, but I love Tommy Chung in that episode. Tommy Chong in that in that series, he's great in it. Um, and and what else can I say that's already been said? I mean, the classic basement, you know, the basement scenes. Uh, but I, I think where the '80s show, this that '80s show is going to fail failed, where the '90s might do a little better is like you said, most of the original um, cast, and most important, Red's going to put some boots up some asses. <laughs> I'm gonna put my foot up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, Keith, do you have anything else to say about that seventy show? Uh, no, I feel like we said it all. Okay. Uh, well, let's go back around now to Michael. Uh, give us the next entry on your Mount Rushmore of '90s sitcoms. Well, we're gonna take a trip from Philadelphia and on to Bel Air, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Mm-hmm. I mean. It was an NBC, NBC, you know, in the 80s and 90s were king, kings of comedy. Uh, they had the great hits. I mean, we won't say anything about what's, you know, recent light, but I mean, it all started with the com- with the Cosby show, Cheers, um, and all of those in all those series. And it just kept moving on. And this was this was a rare show. I mean, it was I mean, it, you had the little character who. It was, you know, kind of not loosely, not loosely based on his life, but he was still like himself. And, you know, you had Jazzy Jeff um, and, you know, who doesn't love Uncle Phil? I mean, come on. And what kid? Anyone. When that song comes on, everybody does, you know, the Carlton. Everybody knows the Carlton. And he's still working that up today. Um, But. It, you know, the entire cast was cast perfectly, I mean, it was hilarious. I mean, one episode that I can watch over and over again is the one um, where uh, Uncle Phil went to the pool hall and pretended he couldn't play, mm-hmm. you know, couldn't play pool. And, you know, Jeffrey, give me Lucille. And, I mean, it's just <laughs> funny, just, you know, the, you know, the deadpan humor of, um, of Avery there, it, it just, you know, he brought a different light to the show um but you know it meshed well with the entire with the entire cast um and now you know i haven't seen too many episodes of the new you know the reboot it's not comedy it's more twisting it as a drama so um i don't know how that is but you know it i mean just think of will smith now i mean for a time for a little time he was one of the most sought off uh people in hollywood and what it, I mean, how many people have won, you know, you know, a Grammy, an Emmy, an Oscar? Not many. Just 
Well, Chloe's out one. Chloe's out got one. Yeah. Well, just keep his wife's name out of your mouth. Uh, yeah, I definitely, um, I agree. I actually had, I had the show as one of my honorable mentions, just missed the cut for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was such a great show when it came out. Um, like I said, I mean, it launched Will Smith's career basically. Um, but yeah, James Avery was great as Uncle Phil. Um, even just, you know, you mentioned about the, you know, the Carlton, but even the, the theme song, you know, you listen to the few beats of that and that gets stuck in your head for the, for the rest of the day. Just it's such a great earworm. And it really kind of um, it was interesting at that time because it tackled a lot of you know tough issues uh, you know with like race and all that stuff and it really kind of you know yes it was a comedy but it definitely had um, heart and soul to it and it's um, was not afraid to tackle um, serious topics and it really um, just was such a you know perfect show for that time and it definitely um, deserves a mention um, and I know Keith you had it on your Mount Rushmore as well. I did, yes, and uh, I think that, I mean, going back and rewatching it, you know, in, in whatever form you're watching it, I mean, it, it it still, I think one of the things that I loved about, about that show was, and, you know, I'll kind of echo what Mike had said about, like, you know, it, it, it had that feeling of, like, the Cosby show or Growing Pains or even the Brady Bunch, where it was just, like, almost a very, like, moral show, like a moralistic show. Um, I mean, I, I'll admit, it's a friggin' sad episode when, you know, um, Ben Vereen shows up as Will's father, and, you know, Will thinks he's going on this great vacation with his dad and this trip with his dad, and he's all excited, and then at the last minute, Ben Vereen kind of bails on him, and, I mean, there's, you know, there's that scene where Uncle Phil hugs him, and then he kind of messes up Will's hat and then he just throws it on the ground. And that was that was an ad lib. And it's just it added just so much more drama to that. And I think I saw something the other day where I think it said that Will Smith is now the age of Uncle Phil when when the show started. And you just I mean, Uncle Phil seemed, you know, so much older because James Avery was an older man. And um I mean, let's not forget the fact that he was the voice of Shredder. Like, that's so freaking cool. James Avery was the voice of the Shredder. So not only is he the dad in one of the great sitcoms from the 90s, but he's the friggin' voice of the villain from one of the greatest cartoons of the 80s. So, you know, I love it. But, uh, yeah, no, it's a great it's it, that's a great show. That's it was on my list for that reason. I mean, it was just one of those hard hitting. They tackled things. Um you know, they tackled topics like a lot of racial topics and it, it was it was a it was a great it was great, too, because even though they lived in Beverly Hills um, or Bel Air, I mean, it was like, you know, there was still a lot of that racial tension, which is still something that happened, you know, and that's I think what was very telling about it. Mm hmm. Yeah, definitely. Especially again for that uh, for the time period that came that it came out, um, tackled a lot of big issues. Um, Jeff, do you have anything else to say about the Fresh Prince of Bel Air? No, I mean I think everybody pretty much you know um, uh, you know uh, pretty much dropped all the important plaudits. I mean I would I would basically just um, repeat the same things that Michael said and the same things that Steven said. Basically the same tropes that like you know I mean I watched it with my mom, right? Like that's what I related to. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I mean I connected to that. Um, you know, like, you know, growing up in New York and everything and whatnot, we watched Blossom together and we watched The Fresh Prince of Black. Those are the two shows we, that we watched together, um, like all the way through from start to finish. And um, I can't remember any of it, to be honest with you. I can't fucking remember any of it. 
Like, not one episode of it at all. I can't even remember. I can't remember what Blossom looked like. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't even know what the hell the the um the uh the dance or whatever uh the with the the one character was or whatever. I can't remember. Um, but um, I know I loved the show. It was great. Um, and um, I really enjoyed it. And 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 it's it'll always be something that I always remember and be able to share with my mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great little um, memory to have there. All right, so, uh, Keith, you have one entry left on your Mount Rushmore, so why don't you go ahead and give it to us? Um, uh, that would that would be Frasier. Uh, Frasier is my is my pick on this list. Uh, if there's, I mean, there are few successful spinoffs from an already successful mega successful show, and Frasier is probably on the top of that list. Uh, obviously, as you know, Frasier Crane, played by the incomparable Kelsey Grammer. Uh, he took his talents and went to and went west to uh, Seattle <laughs> from Boston. So and obviously Frazier was in Cheers in the 80s. And then when Cheers ended, they carried on with him. And uh, Frazier was just I mean, talk about adding so much depth to a character that kind of felt flushed out in the sh- in the first show he was on. Because I don't I never felt like Frazier was this like mysterious character that you didn't know a lot about his backstory. I mean. You know, he had a major plot with uh, Lilith and, and Cheers and and then, um, of course, his his on again, off again. Well, not really on again, on, on, on again, off again romance with Diane. And then to have him have this entire character spinoff that not everybody knew that, you know, he had the brother, he had the father. And, you know, he was he moved out to Seattle and even the guest appearances that Lilith made in the show. I mean, it's just it's so good. And, you know, um, Roz, his 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 you know, continuing suffering, uh, <laughs> like director of a show and just an amazing show. I love Frasier. I mean, it's such a good show. And I mean, even the friggin' theme song is so good, you know, just toss grad and scrambled eggs. Yeah. You know, this is a great show. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I had it as a, another honorable mention again, one that just barely uh, missed the cut. Um, yeah, just to, to have that character come off of um, one of the greatest shows of the 80s in Cheers and to get his own show and have it be maybe not on the same level as Cheers, but still be pretty successful um, was quite was quite impressive. And um, obviously, Kelsey Grammer is, as you know, is tremendous as Frazier. And it, um, you know, just again, just exemplifies how great, um, great time period the 90s were with these sitcoms. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael, um, you also had Frazier as an honorable mention. I mean, Fraser Crane, you know, on, you know, he was a character for 21 years, started with Cheers. And I think I think it was 84, like uh, their third season, um, you know, and he, he was a great character in Cheers and, you know, obviously, you know, expanded um, onto it. And, you know, the show never really died down. I mean, I, I liked it and, it and it and it went strong for quite a while. I mean. Right now, and it kind of had a cult following afterwards. Um, and you know, now they're going to be rebooting it. You know, what what hasn't been rebooted these days? But still, it, it'll be a show that I want to check out. Mhm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Jeff, do you have anything else to say about Frasier? Yeah, I think that um, uh, I think that that um, that if anything, um, his character on um, Cheers was probably not the best fit for this for the the actual scheme of the show for the the show that the way the show was was kind of built um and if anything it was just um his sheer talent as an actor 
that probably kept his his character around. You know what I'm saying? And made it work. Right. Another actor probably maybe would have just they would have just got rid of him. You know what I'm saying? Because really, if you think about it, they could have gone in a different direction. You know, um, hmm. that's that's always in the table when you're when you're doing these series, even if you're on top and like you're, and you're doing well, you're still always thinking ahead. I'm not talking like, you know, uh, Kevin Feige level type, you know, the uh, the the big draw, you know, the big board, you know, the big um, dry erase, you know, board or whatnot with six years worth of uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe shit going down. I'm just saying you're always entertaining. Like, what can we tweak? Like what, you know, what can we throw in to like grow even bigger or, or to maintain maintain the consistency of the of the profits or, the, you know, the audience level? At that point, I just think that um, Kelsey Grammer's overall talent as an actor and um what he did with the the character uh the role it's what made him what it was and mm-hmm. as, you know, as far as frazier goes i mean that's just frazier's frazier like that's it, he carried it right over and they found they gave him a chance to shine mm-hmm. oh yeah i definitely agree he definitely he did he did shine and uh got some you know more longevity out of that character so you know good for him all right, well, I will go ahead and give uh, my last entry on my Mount Rushmore of 90 sitcoms. And again, this might be a little touch and go because um, it had a good run in the late 80s into the early 90s. And for me, I remember growing up um, on ABC's TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. And one of the cornerstone shows of that um, that time frame was definitely Full House. Um, I really uh, loved that show. I thought it was just so, you know, they had some great moments on there. Obviously, um, you know, Bob Saget as the dad is just tremendous. Um, some really great characters on there. Just seeing these three guys trying to, you know, raise um, raise the, you know, the daughters. Um, obviously, you know, watched Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. Um, it was just really fun. And again, you know, touched on a lot of, you know, you know, difficult topics while keeping the comedy going. Um, and, and I know, um, obviously, we've had you know, the spinoff Fuller House that came out a few years ago that um, I know it wasn't everybody's cup of tea, but I, I thought it was OK uh, for what it was. At least, you know, most of all the char- same you know actors came back again for that show. Um, so that definitely um, helped a lot. But I think um, when you ask a lot of pe- people who did grow up in the late 80s, early 90s, and especially remember and you, you say to them, you know, do you remember ABC's TGIF? Um, I think Full House is definitely one of the first shows that comes to their mind. So I thought that that definitely at least merited my fourth spot on my Mount Rushmore here. Um, Jeff, do you have anything to say about Full House? Not really, to be honest with you, because, um, again, I mean, um, I didn't really watch it that much. It really wasn't anything that did that. It was within my purview. Um, I really um, just spent more time reading at that point, you know what I mean? And, uh, read comics and, um, only watched certain selected stuff, but in general, um, I did watch some of the, um, uh, was it on uh, Netflix that, that came back a couple of years back? Yes, it was on Netflix. Okay. I did watch some of that. It was okay. I mean, I was enjoyable. I sat and watched it. I never turned it off or anything or whatnot, or felt like I needed to switch the channel or not change the switch the channel, but you know what I'm saying? Um, I, you know, I, I watched it by myself, but put it on at night as like go to bed stuff you know like tv or whatever you want to call it um and i thought it was all right you know what i mean i enjoyed the nostalgic aspect of it right like i remember of course i caught a couple of glimpses of episodes back in the day too though you know what i mean so i enjoyed the nostalgia mm-hmm. yeah definitely definitely provides a good uh, nostalgia kick to that um michael do you have anything else to say about full house um Perfect Strangers was better, but, you know, no, but, um, no, Full House, Full House was good, and, you know, what's scary is 
is when Comedy Central first came out, I watched a lot of their sitcom or not their their stand up comedy because that's what ninety percent of Comedy Central was, and to see Dirty Bob Saget as a wholesome father was very difficult to fathom, um, but <laughs> they did they did pull it off, um, you know, and it, it was. You know, it was very popular. And again, like you said, the TGI Friday was basically ABC's counter to Thursday to NBC Thursday night. And it worked. Um, you know, it still got good ratings for being a Friday night. And you know, it, it was pretty good. And I mean, come on, what what other TV show characters, you know, got to be in a Beach Boy video? Hmm. Yeah, I think that's um that threw a, a lot of people off when they heard Bob Saget do stand up, and it's like, yeah, like this guy who's like you know supposed to be this wholesome dad, and he's doing all this like raunchy stuff on on the stage. I think threw a lot of people for a loop. Um, Keith, do you have anything else to say about Full House? Everywhere you look, uh, I know that when whenever I'm playing poker, and somebody has a full house. I always sing that song and I always go everywhere you look. <laughs> and I think that uh, that will forever be funny, at least to me. Um, I'm glad you laughed at that, Steve. <laughs> I got a chuckle out of you. So that's good. Uh, no, Full House was uh, I love I love the Perfect Strangers um, dig too. I'm like, oh, God, I love Perfect Strangers. It's such a good freaking show. Um, but no, I mean, of course, TGIF was huge. I mean, that was huge when I was a kid as well. Um I'm trying to think of some of the other shows that were on afterwards. Like, I mean, no, Stay by the Bell was a Saturday morning, but like, family, yeah, family it was matters. Family, family Matters. Yeah, Family just Matters. A, just the Ten of Us. Just the Ten um, of Us. Yeah. Step by Step. Yep. Step by Step. Oh, Step by Step. That would have been a 90s show. Like, it's funny. The shows that transitioned from the 80s to the 90s, I felt like the outfits and hairstyles never really transitioned fully. But shows that started in the 90s, like, went. Bam, full-on 90s hairstyles and hair, and, like, full-on 90s hair, full-on 90s sets, full-on 90s clothes, and I always felt the transition from the 80s to the 90s in those 80s sitcoms was, like, very slow, but it was, like, you started off with a night, like, sit, like, step-by-step, step, that's a friggin' 90s show, <laughs> you know, Suzanne Summers is, like, playing 1990s mom, so, yeah, no, but I liked, I liked Full House, I didn't see Fuller House, um, and of course, I'm more upset that Bob Saget passed away because of him as a comedian. But um, I can appreciate Fuller House now for making and, a comeback. Sure. And just don't get any college advice from Aunt Becky. No. <laughs> well, you can get advice, but the advice might not be, you know. Listen, win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat and never get caught. That's my motto. <laughs> Too bad she didn't. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good. All right. Uh, well, Jeff, you have one entry left on your Mount Rushmore, so why don't you go ahead and give it to us? Most definitely, yes. And I have uh, South Park. And um, the reason I picked South Park was because, again, I wanted to differentiate and not pick stuff that was going to be just, you know, very mainstream. Um, now, I won't lie. I'm not a, I, I was never a massive South Park fan ever at any given point throughout its tenure. Um, but, again, I respect the longevity. Right. It's still active. Right. Um, and um, so, I mean, for me, have been loving the 90s in general. Right. Uh, like as much as I do, like heavily, because I really do. Um, 
at that point, um, you know, I connected to that very deeply to the 90s. Um, like, you know, I mean, when it came out, I believe the first season came out when I was maybe 16, right? Or 17 or something like that. So um, I just remember the first couple seasons, Only I only watched it because this one um, guy that I used to, um, uh, let's just say, uh, get um, certain uh, sub- smoking substances that are green, um, you know, uh, from and whatnot, everything. He would always have it on at his house. I go to hang out and party with him and his girlfriend and people and whatnot and chill. And um, he'd, he'd be watching it all the time and whatnot. And I'd sit and watch it with them. Um, but on my own, I never watched it. I never got into it really and, be, and really watched that much of it uh, until later on in, in, in my adult life, in my 30s. And uh, it's good. Like, it's pretty funny. I mean, I, it's, it's up my alley. I like the humor. And um, I dig the fact that, um, you know, um, Trey and Matt have evolved uh, as they've grown with the show, uh, as, as they've grown and, and aged over time. And the show's, you know, it's, it's affected the show heavily if you, if you pay attention to it. It's very personal to them. And I just think it's fun that they, they, um, they make fun of both sides of politics, which I think is very important these days. I do. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. I mean, I uh, I love South Park. I've always loved it. Um, it's just, again, one of those great shows that's, you know, so up to date on, you know, timely th- things going on in pop culture. Um, obviously, them being able to create a show within within a week, you know, they're able to stay on top of that. Um, they've stayed really fresh for um you know, all the times, all the time that they've been on. And it's just funny because I remember, uh, me and uh, Jenny for her uh, for you heard about Pluto on North South Connection. We watched two episodes of South Park from season one, and she was just in awe about how the fact that that sh- that they got away with as much stuff as they did. And it's like you know, back then in the late nineties, you know, it was it was so you know so much looser than 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 I think it is than it is now. Um, and that's why they were able to get away with a lot of the stuff that they did. Um, but to be able to kind of change with the times and you know evolve over the years and just really kind of keep their finger on the pulse of uh, of what's going on in the world, I think has definitely benefited the show and it's why it's kept its longevity for so long. Um, Michael, do you have anything else to say about South Park? Yeah, part of part of that longevity is, you know, being on Comedy Central. So they have a little bit less um, stricter, you know, rules on that. And don't forget, when the show first started, it was on at like 10 o'clock at night. So it, it was out of prime time. And I mean, everybody was talking. I mean, it was shock value. It, that's what it was. It, it was the shock value. Um, and then leading up to the movie you know, which was hilarious. And, you know, I haven't watched it in, in the recent years. Um, but, I mean, it, it is, you know, it, it, it's an icon. It, it's one of those icon things, you know, and I still say that, you know, from going from the beginning, without Simpsons, we don't have South Park. We, we don't have all these. Um, and it's and, and without South Park, we don't have the great movie basketball <laughs> no we do uh we do not indeed um keith do you have anything else to say about south park uh i mean i had south park listed as an honorable mention on my list and uh really it was because i mean i i always even though when it started in like 1997 i feel like it it hit its stride like once they hit the two, once they hit the 2000s 
but I mean, I remember watching that. That was another like must see TV. Like we, that was like a thing that, um, you know, in my dorm room, freshman year in college, when, when that came out, I mean, we only had, we didn't have cable in our rooms yet. So we had like, uh, one little, um, like kind of like, you know, common area room and it had like a small little TV and there was like 35 guys, like just crammed into this one little room watching this South Park episode and, you know, watching Mecha Streisand and that kind of thing. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, and you're right. They got away with so much because no one was paying attention to Comedy Central in 1997, 98, 99. Like nobody was paying attention really until that, until the movie came out, no one was paying attention to what was going on. And then no one meaning like, uh, you know, the uh, legal team at Comedy Central, no one was watching them. And then as soon as they as soon as they became a hit and then all of a sudden it was like, all right, what are you guys doing? But thankfully, they've been able to keep it up. You know, they they've danced on that line so many times over the years and they've been able to successfully stay on the right side of it. And thankfully, um, yeah, I mean, we've had it was it was great because another big thing is that it, it made shows like Beavis and Butthead and The Simpsons not look as bad by comparison so i mean i remember i don't know do you do you guys remember like the you know george bush saying things about the simpsons and um like negatively about the simpsons and the parent like the parent teacher council or whatever like coming down on it and for being like vulgar and it's like vulgar that show is not vulgar at all it was barely (laughs) vulgar i mean compared to the stuff that gets we get away with now on Rick and Morty and American Dad and Family Guy and and still South Park. I mean, it's The Simpsons is G rated compared to those shows. So yeah, Bob, Bob's Burgers isn't so innocent either. <laughs> no, and that's the crazy thing is that those are all primetime sit uh, primetime cartoons on TV. You know, I love I love Bob's Burgers. I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Well, the well the Simpsons had that little brief feud with um with um Barbara yeah, Bush too. So <laughs> yeah, yes. So, yes. Yeah, I just I, one thing I one thing I will say is that um, and one of the good stories of the of South Park is that Trey and Matt have said um, was when they did the they did the uh, the Family Guy spoof episode and they said that they said that Matt Groening sent them like I they either send them like flowers or send them like fruit baskets or like candy and they were like thank you from the Simpsons <laughs> <laughs> even though they did the Simpsons did it but I mean. The Simpsons did it episode of South Park is it, it's not a bashing of the Simpsons. It's the fact that they broke the friggin' you know, that they shattered the glass ceiling. They crashed through the wall for every every other cartoon after them. So, you know, that's why South Park, I think, herald them as as their heroes as opposed to Family Guy, which they just totally shit on because it's just it literally is just a it literally is a bunch of what is it? A bunch of seals. <laughs> pushing balls down a manatees, down a manatees yeah. <laughs> the man and i love family guy and i still think that's a freaking riot that south park episode <laughs> uh, great pick yeah. great pick great pick jeff thanks i appreciate that thank you very much <laughs> all right well uh michael you're the only one that has anything left on your mount rushmore so why don't you go ahead and give us your last pick all right well all right, Steve, I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball because originally I was going to say Will and Grace. Um, however, I think their heyday was in the 90s. They started in 98, so I feel that it doesn't qualify. So I'm going to give you one of my honorable mentions um, and go with uh, Roseanne. Uh, Roseanne started in the late 80s. 
but it, it, it hit big in the 90s. Now, do this is no endorsement of Roseanne Barr herself. However, the show um, did tackle a lot of stuff. Um, and it was just great comedy. I mean, Roseanne Barr was very hot at that time on the comedy circuit. Um, and it, it just went with her, basically her stand-up comedy. And it was good. I mean, it, it was a high-rated show. It was different. Um, the jokes were different. And I think her and Tom and, and John Goodman um, meshed so well in that show. Um did it did it end well? No, not at all. I mean, it, it kind of went off the rails um, the last few seasons, but it, it was it, it's strong enough that it, it was one of the top comedies because it was different. Um, just it, and also the way it was shot, kind of. Uh, but it, it was a great show. There's not much else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that was when I had considered, but it just missed the cup for me. Um, yeah, I mean, that was really, you know, Roseanne was, you know, in her prime at that point. And that was like, she was right in her element in that show. And I think, like you said, John Goodman kind of uh, unheralded in his role um, in that show. And it just um, definitely one of the better shows of that um, of that time that um, when you ask a lot of people, they'll definitely remember it fondly, um, regardless of what's, you know, happened in the, what's would happen many years later with, with Roseanne uh, specifically. Well, and, and, and her singing the national anthem, I think, it was funny because the show started going a little bit downhill after that. That's when it jumped the shark. <laughs> just, just it jumped the shock, saying <laughs> saying the national anthem. Either or. <laughs> hey, uh, Keith, do you have anything else to say about Roseanne? Um, I I almost I don't know why I thought Mike you were gonna say what I have listed as my like last honorable mention, which is the Larry Sanders show. I mean, when you were like, I'm going to go for a loop here. I was like, oh, please say something from HBO. But uh, no, Roseanne, Roseanne was great. Uh, actually, as Steve knows, when we did the Mount Rushmore of uh, Halloween episodes, I threw one of the Roseanne Halloween episodes on there on my top four because uh, they always did great Halloween episodes. Uh, also, I, I recently saw a Thanksgiving episode that they did. And I don't, I don't know if this was from the eighties or from the run when it was in the nineties, uh, but it was just real, real good. You know, like it was just good, good writing. I think that <clears throat> what everybody liked about Roseanne was that it was really like the first real blue collar comedy show that was on TV where they were dealing with stuff that happened in real life and for real people, you know, this wasn't, this wasn't growing pains. It wasn't the Brady bunch. It wasn't, you know, built um, the Cosby show like this was real people dealing with real problems. You know, half the time, friggin John Goodman was out of work. <laughs> you know, Roseanne's Roseanne's working in a factory. She gets laid off. She's going to get a job as a, a waitress. And the waitress job sucks because anybody that works in any wait staff, any service industry area knows how much that job sucks. So it's like I like their I like that Roseanne always kind of kept true to the way the world really works and um never really i mean like he's yeah once they, they kind of went off the rails towards the end there i feel like uh i don't know what roseanne was doing but uh you know she definitely took it in a different path but pretty much every show goes off the rails towards the end you know unless you went like seinfeld you know that's about it <laughs> yeah yeah definitely um jeff do you have anything else to say about roseanne yeah, just that um, you know, again, the, the the other 
the, the other fine gentlemen on the panel here have already pretty much, you know, said everything there is to say, I think, for the most part. But uh, the writing is was really good. And the uh, the casting was really good, too. That That's all I wanted to say. It was just that um, Roseanne didn't just did it, the anybody who thinks that Roseanne was was the was the engine. He was, of course, she was the engine, but that she was literally the, the what carried the show. That it's it's just not reality. Like the entire dynamic of the casting was excellent. Everything worked. Like it flowed, you know, and whatnot. And that's important. It, it is. Even I mean, character, you know, uh, her sister, um, the daughter, you know, I mean, and whatnot. That's why, like, when they did redid Roseanne and whatnot, it worked because that team worked. The chemistry was there. Yeah, and and just to kind of piggyback on that, I mean, she left after the first season. And they're they're in like I think their fourth season now maybe or their third or fourth season I mean and they've added people like they added Kathy uh, K- uh, Katie Seagal and and you know it's it you end up watching it and you again like you appreciate how awesome John Goodman is as an actor that you know they're able but John Goodman um, along with um, Jackie who uh, I mean um, yeah Jackie Jackie is. Uh, she just won a freaking Oscar, I think, or won an Oscar like last year or something like that. Uh, Laurie Metcalf. I mean, you know, Laurie Metcalf's a freaking powerhouse as well. You know, I'm 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 sorry, I'm, I lost her name for a minute there, but yeah, no, I mean, she's she's great. I mean, it's not terrible. It's not a terrible show. The Connors now that it's transitioned into so, yeah, and it's a lot of it is like you said, Jeff. It's the cast. No, no, uh, most definitely. Um, no, um, John Goodman was outstanding. Um, and um, if anything, um, uh, Lori Metcalf was great. And, um, you know, um, Sarah Gilbert was great. And, well, uh, I, lo- and- <laughs> I love that they replaced they replaced originally uh, the first the first sister there. They, they replaced her with um, Sarah Chalk. And then she goes on to be in Scrubs. And she does the she's the voice of the mom on uh, Rick and Morty. I mean, she had a hell of a career as well, being like a replacement for a character on a show, and and well, didn't last until yeah. the original run. That's what I was going to say. Is that didn't Sarah, has, didn't Sarah Gilbert do pretty well there for a while on some kind of like uh, daily oh, yeah. talk show or whatever? Yeah, she was on the not the talk. View. She was on. She's like, on the, the View. No, it was the View of the Talk. She was on. Oh, one, one of those. Yeah. One of those. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Who gives a crap about it? Yeah. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, what it's no, called. no, they they've all done pretty well. I mean, you know. I mean, I'm not saying I respected it or whatever. I tried to watch it for a minute one time, but I literally, uh, I I I fell asleep. I, I became unconscious, um, during the you know just trying to watch it. But uh, you know, uh, yeah, she was much better in Roseanne than she was on that. Let's just say mm. that, right? Whoever nominated Kobe Zhao, uh, for the Oscar or whatever, um, uh, did must have cast her for that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gets yeah, definitely yeah, oh, good stuff there. Hey, side 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 honorable mention because uh, just just throw things in. Um, uh, what was the what was the Bundy family back in the day? Um, married with children. But, married and, with children. And, and Steve, I was mm-hmm. I was actually just gonna butt in, and I can't believe that I left it off my list because it should have been number one in my opinion. Married with children, because Al Bundy is the man and i started, cannot believe i forgot that michael I started in the 80s now. i it, didn't mention i, I didn't mention it because it started in the 80s it started yeah. in 80, it started in 87 but it it's heyday i mean was no, in it, the 90s it, and i'm embarrassed and 
I need to cry now that I forgot. Well, no, no, this but you know what? No, but Mike, I'll tell you. I mean, that's one. Of, and Steve, I'm sure you can kind of back us up on this, as you were the one who created the rules for this Mount Rushmore. I mean, it was it was so friggin' hard for me to like. I went through this and I was going back and forth thinking, well, is it an 80 show? Is it a set? Is it a 90 show? Is it an 80 show? Is it a 90 show? I mean, and to me, I, my criteria was. Like I said, when I put The Simpsons on there, it was because it was literally days before 1990 became official. And I was like, that's kind of where I was at because and and you'll see like in and I also didn't want to go with anything that kind of started on the tail end, which is why like South Park, I kind of left off. And, you know, I didn't really talk about like Friends as much because it was like those were shows that kind of hit the end of the 90s. And it's like it's a it's. Even though it's a 10-year gap, there's such a difference between, like, 90 to 91 to 92 to 93 and so forth. So it's like, don't feel – don't start crying because you left it off the list because, well, yes, if we, were doing a, if we were doing a Mount Rushmore of shows that took place from the 80s and 90s and, like, that was the exclusive track is, like, a show that started in the 80s and, like, ended in the 90s or has continued on, I would say Married with Children's on that friggin' list because – it's a it's an amazing show. It was an amazing comedy on a no nothing channel. I mean, Fox was nothing when when Mary with Children came out, and they. I'm sorry, Fox is the house that Al Bundy built. Um, that's and I'll say it, it right there. It it is, and even Fox, they have people have said that if Mary with Children wasn't successful, it it could have bombed the the network at night because it, it started in '87. That's mm-hmm. why I was kind of wor- like, you know, just now I just looked at it because you had said um, they uh, the Connors added uh, Katie Seagal. And I almost yeah. said and, and as soon as you said that, I'm glad I was on me. I was like, holy shit. How did I? I can't believe it. <laughs> I mean, because it started in 87, but it went 11 seasons. So yeah, it was no, mostly, it's, no, it's, it was it's mostly the, the 90s. 90s. Yeah, absolutely. And, but I mean, I mean, people people would fight that show. And everything, and, and I would say, you know, that was the first. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that besides Maud and the whole back in the you know 70s talking about abortion and all that, mm-hmm. but I'm talking episode after episode. Yeah. That everybody, you know, these social conscious, you know, late 80s, early 90s, they were not ready for that. No. And. and Everybody can relate. I mean, it, it was just everything about the show and was it, hilarious. And what's really funny is I, you know, I went on this thing heralding Roseanne for being like the first blue collar show. Married with Children came out a year before it, and that's that's the blue collar show. <laughs> well, maybe no collar show because I don't, you know how much was Al Bunny making as a shoe salesman. <laughs> Uh, I think one of the funniest things I ever read was they said they compared Al Bundy with um, uh, well, with his character in um, in Modern Family. And they went, <laughs> they go, Ed O'Neill went from selling shoes to selling the closets that the shoes went into. <laughs> I mean, hey, I mean, don't forget, Al Bundy did score four touchdowns you, in a single you, game for Polk High. You bet your bippy he did. Four touchdowns in one game, Polk High, high School Football. Never forget that. <laughs> uh, that's great. Well, it, it's funny because um, not the, I think it was like a year or two ago, um, 
when Andy was still hosting the show, they actually did 80s TV sitcom. Uh, sitcom that was the last time I was on. Was that a, was the 80s? right? And I do, and I double checked that, and I did see that. Um, I think you and um and Sean had did have married with children on there. Yes. So I think it's again one of those um those shows that like is it you know where do you count it? So um, but yeah, I figured. But yeah, my my whole criteria was that if it had at least a good decent run in the '90s, that it counted as a '90s show. So yeah, don't feel yeah. don't feel too bad about it. Um. All right, well, that will uh, conclude everybody's um, official list. So um, let's go ahead and talk about any other honorable mentions that um, that we haven't met, that we haven't talked about yet. Um, Jeff, do you have any honorable mentions that um, haven't brought haven't been brought up yet? Let's see. Um, in living color. Oh. Yeah, yeah, in living color. Oh, in living classic. Color. Yes. Uh, classic. And you know what? Honestly, um, I'm not. I don't know. I'm not going to say anything about it. I'm, I'll let the other guys talk about it, whatnot, and everything. Hear what they have to say because, um, honestly, what else is there to say? I mean, you know, it's it was freaking funny as crap, and like things like in living color, right? And like fam, and like and the, uh, um and the Bundys and you know American Family or whatever, whatever the hell it was called. Um, uh, you know, the fact that my dad back in the day used to like have me listen to the Howard Stern show every morning, like you know, on the way to school and shit in New York. That's the reason why I was watching like Oz at age 13, you know what I'm saying, at night by myself, you know, in my room and whatnot, right? So, and like, had a, and had a 17-year-old junior girlfriend when I was 13 and when I was in eighth grade, you feel me? That was like a varsity, you know, cheerleader captain of the cheerleading team, right? So, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, again, I wasn't joking. I mean, I, I didn't actually, I wasn't actually fertile or capable to pr- reproduce at seven years old. But I, at the same time, though, like, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm like an old soul, like an old soul. So like um you know like at that point um so you know I mean when you grow up on that stuff come on now you're gonna end up like you know be more interested in in Andor and House of the Dragon than you are in like um you know uh, some of the Disney crap you know like they put out you know mm-hmm. yeah definitely um okay um uh, Michael do you no have no now in Living Color is one where if they if they did some of the stuff they did on that show back then it would never play. I, I could no, I could I could imagine. Um, Michael, do you have any other honorable mentions that you haven't uh, brought up yet? Oh, let me show you something. Um, <laughs> well, these shows are definitely get two uh, two snaps in a Z formation. Mm-hmm. I have uh, I have um, Frasier was in my honorable mention. Wonder Gears, uh, Murphy Brown, uh, Martine, <laughs> and one that. Slips through the cracks, never gets talked about. But me being a sports fan, it was my absolute favorite show for like three years. Sports Night. Mm. And most no people talk- don't know about it. it, it no one me, talks about Sports Night. But I'll tell you, it yeah, it was on, I, and it didn't get good ratings. But I thought the show was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. no one talks about Sports Night. It's a that's a tragedy. That was a great show. Great show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Keith, do you have any other honorable mentions that you haven't brought up yet? Um, I think, uh, I, I mean, I, I had said Larry Sanders. I mean, that's, uh, I feel like that's kind of in the same vein, almost the sports night as well. It's just that it's that like wacky behind the scenes type show. It was on HBO. Uh, I mean, it, I, I mean, it, it, it gave Howard Stern the, 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 the awesome. Hey now, you know, from, uh, from, from uh oh god i forget his name now he was hank on the show he was uh 
um, the guy that's the dad on Arrested, the grand, well, the dad on Arrested Development there. Um, Jeffrey Tambor. Jeffrey Tambor, yeah. And um, I mean, but Larry Sanders was great. Uh, but no, I want to say about In Living Color as well. I mean, God, that show was so good. Talk about launching careers. I mean, Jim Carrey is friggin' Jim Carrey would not have been Jim Carrey, I don't think, if he didn't have In Living Color. Um, even though he was doing stand-up, and I think he was, you know, pretty herald for that as well. But people were like, you know what? I don't know if a stand-up would have been given the reins to do Ace Ventura. I'm sorry. But um, and then forget about it with the every Wayans that's out there has been just because of freaking in living color. So I mean, one of my favorite movies, one of my favorite movies growing up is um I'm gonna get you, sucker. And that's like a, that's a Wayans Brothers movie, and I love that movie. And it feels like it's it almost seems like it should have been an extended scene, an extended skit on uh, in living color. So yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And you know, like you said, I mean that that launched Jim Carrey's career. So mm-hmm. you know. Definitely got to give credit for that. Um, as for me, I had a couple of other ones. Um, I did also have Married with Children on my uh, honorable mentions. Um, barely missed the cut here. Um, I know you mentioned uh, Family Matters. Um, I have that as well because I do remember uh, – I do have good memories of that. Another uh, TGIS show I have a lot of memories of, Boy Meets World. Mm-hmm. Um Less said about the reboot, the better. But um, um, but I do remember Boy Meets World really well, and um, kind of you know following with that that one. And then of course, um, last one I have, you gotta you gotta mention Saved by the Bell, um, another kind of quintessential um show for the '90s. Um, you know, for the you know the people that you know came on there, Mario Lopez, um, you know, just so many great stuff. And Principal Belding is you know one of the you know greatest characters of all time. So I think that definitely um deserved a mention here. And, and I didn't even think of that one because it, being it like basically a Saturday morning, it, it, it was the Saturday morning end of cartoons. You know, it, it, it was that. And, you know, it, it didn't it start in the late 80s or was it did early it, 90s? Michael, was it te- when did it come on? Was it 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock? It, no, it'd be it'd be right. It was on NBC because I remember I never watched it because I always watched Superstars. It, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, I'll be honest. Uh, yes. I only saw it in reruns because it was always oh. on the kind of superstars or challenge because it was on right mm-hmm. after the cartoons in the morning. For some mm-hmm. reason, I, just, I swear, I, 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 it's very rare, but I can remember something like that. But I swear, I can almost but, remember what time but, I used to watch it. But the strange thing is, is it started as a primetime show. Um, Miss Bliss, what is it? Um, Good morning, Miss Bliss. Good morning, Miss Bliss. So yeah. it started as a primetime, and then. They changed it. They kept only a couple people, and they changed it to uh, Saturday mornings. Isn't that hilarious that it's it was a vehicle for whoever the lady was that was Miss Bliss? And then, like, the next year, they friggin' – they redid it, and they got rid of her. <laughs> hey, what, how about a how about a vehicle for uh, – what's her name? Um, I forget her name. Was it Jessica, the, the tall, brown-haired character of the female uh, – Oh, the girls? yeah. Jesse. Um, yeah. Jesse, yeah. Jesse, yeah. Elizabeth yeah. Berkeley. That, she ended, up, she ended up doing that, like, almost like a Skinamax softball yeah, porn film yeah, there. Show show girls. Girls. Yeah. She's hot, yeah. man. So Saved by the Bell actually debuted August – well, De- Saved by the Bell debuted August 20th, 1989. So that's uh, – yeah, that's, that's the I'm, cut. I'm freaking out. I'm telling you right now, I would get together with any any one of those three ladies right now. I don't need to see their pictures or whatever. I'll get, we, can, <laughs> we can hang on now. <laughs> 
Uh, good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, that will um. Well, that will go ahead and bring an end to this uh, first half here. We've had a lot of fun talking some great um sitcoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're gonna go ahead now and take a quick break. So when we come back, we will uh, kind of flip the script a bit and talk about some of the better uh, '90s dramas. Uh, this is of course making Matt Rushmore here on the PTV Pop Experience, and we will be back on the other side of this break. back on making matt rushmore here on the pop experience i am of course your host moderator and panelist steve riddle along with keith and jeff uh unfortunately mike had to um step out for the uh for the second half uh he had to um he has to be up early for uh, work tomorrow which you know something it's you know this is one of those things where we wish we could just you know not have jobs and just do these podcasts all day all day uh, but you know, sometimes real life does get um, get in the way. But um, we will miss him, and he does, of course, have a list here that I will uh, go ahead and read off. So, as you know, um, for the first half, we discussed some of the best '90s sitcoms. So, for this half, we're going to go ahead and now talk about some of the best '90s dramas. Uh, these, of course, were some of the uh, shows that um, dealt with a lot of serious topics, had some great um, cast, you know, great characters, great um, cast, and just overall, you know, memorable shows. And I'm going to go ahead and start off with my first pick on my Mount Rushmore. And considering we are talking 90s dramas, I think if I didn't mention this show, I would probably be uh, disowned for life by uh, some of our our fellow uh, Nation members, because this is probably the quintessential show uh, for the Nation. That is, of course, Beverly Hills 90210. Um, obviously, if you follow along with our buddies uh, JT and Tim over on the uh, 9021 No So podcast, they are going in depth into the show. Um, it was definitely one of the biggest hits that Fox um, ever had uh, when it when it came out. Um, for me, it was um, I think I was a little too young for it, so I never ended up watching it. But I know it definitely um, had a great um, run, watched a lot of great careers. Um, Luke Perry, uh, Jenny Garth, Tori Spelling, um, Jason Priestley. Um, and again, just touched on a lot of serious topics that were very, you know, I don't want to say taboo, but just, you know, you didn't see a lot of at that time, especially in the 90s. And it definitely um, still goes down as one of the greatest um greatest shows in history and definitely one of the best dramas in uh, history. And I know uh, Keith, you had it on your Mount Rushmore as well. I did. Yes. And uh, I mean, you've kind of said it all about that. Um, it was a show. It was, I, I might've been, I don't know. I wasn't, I was a little too young uh, when it first started, but I mean, <clears throat> as I got older, it was more of a, a show I could relate to at least in the essence of, you know, being a teenager and in high school and that kind of thing. Um, It was, I mean, it's one of those, I mean, Aaron Spelling, it's an Aaron Spelling dramedy or drama, if you will. And I mean, you know, he had so many other successful shows after that, uh, but this was the one that launched it all. So yeah, no, 90210 definitely on there as far as, um, as far as I can think. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I know um, Michael didn't have it on his list, but I think he would probably um, agree with that sentiment. Uh, Jeff, do you have anything to say about Beverly Hills 90210? 
Uh, not really. I mean, I never really, I never really got into it. It just really, um, I guess at my age at that time, it just didn't, I, I just didn't, I wasn't old enough maybe to like connect with it, I guess. Like the themes of it were not, were not interesting to me. Um, you know, besides that, um, you know, really, I mean, I also, um, didn't find the, um, the young women in the, on the show all that attractive, really. They weren't like my, you know, my deal really, you know, so there was no, for, for me, there was really nothing entertaining about it. Um, you know, uh, but I do know that, um, my cousins back in the day from Jersey were obsessed with it, with it. Like they were all about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I know for me, my one lone tie to this to the show really was when was uh, one of my favorite uh, wrestling shows of all time, WrestleMania 10. Uh, Jenny Garth was one of the uh, one of the guest <laughs> timekeepers, for the, like one of those random appearances of a celebrity at a WrestleMania. Um, I remember it was um, if it was she was the timekeeper for the Brett Yoko match in the main event, and uh, Burt Reynolds of all people, yeah. was the guest ring announcer. <laughs> and so. what was what was Danny? What was Danny? Um... Not Danny. Um, Donnie Wahlberg. What was he? He was the he was the announcer for Luger Yoko, and uh, oh, okay. Ronda Shear was the timekeeper for that match. <laughs> Ronda Shear. What a what an eclectic group of friggin' celebrities for that show. <laughs> right. That that's not that's 1994 in a nutshell. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Burt Reynolds. Like, what the oh, God? I wonder how much they had to pay Burt Reynolds to be there. Like, that's a shame because you know he's not doing it cheap. Like right. all the rest of them, all the rest of them probably did it cheap except for Bird. He was probably like he probably got paid most. <laughs> he was the most paid person on that friggin' show. He got paid more than Yoko. <laughs> Either him or a uh, little Richard for singing uh, the national oh, anthem. Oh god, little Richard. Oh my god, another just another celebrity. Jo- isn't Jonathan No, Jonathan Taylor Thomas is at 11. That was right? 11, yeah. Yeah, with uh Nicholas Turturro. Yeah. <laughs> you knew exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Nicholas uh, Turturro. Oh my God, the friggin' the, the untalented Turturro sibling. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Any Nicholas Turturro fans out there? I apologize. He's great, and I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. You know. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, yes, mid mid nineties uh, WWF. <laughs> <laughs> The new generation. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. All right. Um, well, we'll go ahead now to Jeff. Uh, give us the first century on your Mount Rushmore of '90s dramas. Um. Okay. Let's see. Where's my notebook? There it is. I apologize. All right. So basically, I guess to start, I'll go with um, uh, ER. I'll start with ER. Mm. Um, I like ER, um, and um, ER uh, for me, um, again, to, to just to, again to connect um, the, what I've the, what I've said before in terms of a trope as far as where I was what I was inclined to at such a young age. Um, I started watching ER when I was probably like again about 11, 12 years old, I think, um, and on TNT or uh, something like that. I think 12, 13 years old around that time on TNT. Um, when they, uh, it was still on, but they, TNT had the rights for the, um, I think the, um, you know, the repeats or whatever already. Yeah. The syndication. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I, that's mm-hmm. why I started picking it up. It was active. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, um, I wasn't following it real time. I was watching it from behind, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, but either way, I really enjoyed it. You know what I mean? I did. I loved it. I, I loved all the actors and actresses I thought were really good. Um, there was, maybe there was one or two that I didn't think that highly of, um, 
there was one um that one nurse or whatever I think that had HIV or something like that. I didn't think she was very good. Um, but uh, besides that, um, everybody I thought was pretty solid. Um, and um, I'll tell you, the guy that played Dr. Green was excellent. I mean, uh, everybody always mentions George Clooney, right? But I mean, she was freaking, he was freaking outstanding. And uh, Julia uh, Margulies was was great. She was fabulous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could just go on and on. I mean, there were so many talented actors and actresses that came in, in and out of that show. Like it was ridiculous, almost the talent they had on that show. Um, so, I mean, I, I can't, even, I'm not even sure. I can't even remember how long it went or how many seasons they went. Didn't they go into the two thousands? They did. Yeah. yeah. They went 15 yeah. seasons. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and I lost track after a while, but, um, no, but it, it was one of the shows for me when I was younger that, um, really, uh, turned, turned me on to, um, dramatic TV series like Law and Order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, and I am. I had it on my Mount Rushmore as well. Um, it, it was one of those because um, I didn't think you there. I don't believe there were a lot of like medical dramas at that time. So just kind of seeing what was going on inside of an emergency room, you know, was was pretty intense. And again, they touched on a lot of you know really serious topics. Um, and I mean, it, it pretty much launched George Clooney's career. Um, you know, he he was you know that was really where he got his big break. And I mean, like you said, other you know Anthony Edwards, um, Noah Weil. Um, just a lot of great um, uh, stars that kind of came out of that, that that came out of that show and got their start on that show. And mm-hmm. um, Keith, you had it on your Matt Rushmore as well. I did. And one of the things I loved about ER, <clears throat> it was very similar to, uh, I, I mean, a modern day. Well, it, no, not modern day. It was very similar to like a soap opera in the fact that they had a they had a consistently changing cast and oh, throughout the seasons. And, you know, people would come and go and leave and whatnot. But then it was, I think Noah Wiley was like one of the only ones that was almost on almost every episode. And But I love that they would, you know, you'd have like, you had your George Clooney, and then he left. And then you had um, Goran Visignik or whatever. He came in, he was he was Dr. Kovac. And it was like, he was like the new heartthrob. You had Eric LaSalle, and then he would leave. And then, the, you know, another doctor would come in. And they had, um, you know... Um, uh, Jennifer, uh, Juliana Margulies was there, and then she leaves, and then uh, Mara Tierney shows up. I mean, they had a consistently great cast all the time as they were going through. And I'll tell you, I mean, it was, I watched it, I think it was on like, I want to say it was on like Friday nights, maybe. It might have even been a Friday night show. I can't remember when it was on, but I still, I would stay home, I'd watch it. You know, it was like, it was, and it was on at 10 o'clock, so it was like a 10 o'clock show. It was on right before the news. And it was such a great show to watch. Like, I loved it so much. And I'll tell you right now, I cried like a baby when um, Anthony Edwards' character, Dr. Mark Green, died. Like, it was so sad, like, him dying. He died of cancer, and it was, like, awful. And um, and I laughed my ass off when, uh, <laughs> when once his name got killed by the helicopter. First he loses his arm, and then he gets killed by the helicopter. I mean, it was so great. Um, obviously, it was, it was terrible. Dr. Romano is Paul McCreen. I'm just looking it up, and... Dr. Romano, he lost his arm, like the helicopter sliced his arm off, and then like years later, a helicopter fell off the roof and it crushed him. <laughs> like, I mean, it was so terrible, but it was so good. So, yeah, no, I loved, uh, I loved ER, absolutely. It was like, it was the first one that I thought of. It was like, you said drama, ER, right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I um, totally agree with, I agree with that uh, 100%. Okay, so I will go ahead and give one of uh, Mike's first picks here, and um this is a show that, again, I don't remember 
personally a lot a lot of but i do know it was um a big hit for the time and that's nypd blue um mm. and this is another i also had this on my mount rushmore as well and actually speaking of uh nicholas Turturro, <laughs> uh, of course he was one of the the big stars of the show of course um uh, dennis franz um was the the star basically um but you had uh, david caruso mm-hmm. um you eventually would have rick Schro- ricky schroeder um jimmy smith's um, uh, just a couple of you know, just other great characters, and again, another show that had a lot of longevity. You let you know, started in '93 and went all the way to '05, yeah. um, and it was um, and for the it was one of uh, ABC's longest running uh, shows um, there. And again, you know, talked a lot of you know, really tough subjects, um, and just really was what you really what you wanted in a um, in a police drama, basically. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it definitely uh, merited a uh, merited a mention here. Um, Keith, do you have anything else to say about NYPD Blue? Mark Paul Gosler is on was on that show. <laughs> You're talking about Zach Morris was on that show. It's funny they had Ricky Schroeder and Mac and Zach Morris. That's pretty funny. No, that is. Um, am I gonna have to show you my ass? That <laughs> from Family Guy. I mean, that was the show. David Caruso, like he, they made the joke about it on South Park, where David Caruso he left NYPD Blue to go and be like a movie star. He did like Jade or Jaded or whatever, and then he like immediately went back to doing television. <laughs> he came back because he was like he wasn't that good as a t- as a uh, movie star. So yeah, no, I mean NYPD Blue. Um, it, it's it, it's interesting because of the the other cop show that I is on my list. So um, yeah, I mean I could you could probably swap out the other show on my list for this and vice versa because they were just so um dramatic and just that quintessential new york police drama mm-hmm. yeah definitely um uh, jeff do you have anything else to say about nypd blue well i mean hey you know i mean i could talk about it for two hours again you know what you say like um just great tv series i mean something that i mean uh a, a, a classic uh vibe of the 90s aspect of the 90s where you just you're not going to get that type of tv series anymore it's not possible in 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 our current um you know cultural you know sensitivity i guess you know this pc type of you know woke bullshit type stuff you can't you couldn't ever have a some of the tropes and some of the stuff that happened that occurred during that show um that i thought were perfectly logical even as a child like as a kid, like I, I saw them as reasonable, uh, logical, like people would have a problem, a big problem now, I think, with, you know what I mean? Um, they pick it apart. So, you know, like that's the thing about a lot of 90s stuff. If you if you wanted to, you could go, if you're one of these types, you could just pick that, a lot of stuff apart, left and right, and find all kinds of stuff about it that's like like beyond um, stuff that, that that is like canceling people right now, right? So, um, you know, like... Um, it's just unfortunate that uh, the type of nostalgic connection I have sometimes with some of these TV series is a disappointing, like a like sad, unfortunate kind of the nostalgia where I miss this type, that quality, gritty, authentic, um, real life, real time type vibe that you get from TV shows that you just don't get sometimes anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's kind of it is kind of sad in a way with that, but um, you know. That's unfortunately the way to, the way the world is right now. So, um, all right. Well, uh, Jeff, we'll come back around to you. Give us another entry on your Mount Rushmore of '90s dramas. Well, Oz, um, 
I mean, you know, um, Michael, um, I think since Michael's not here and whatnot and everything, I'm going to speak for me and Michael here, you know, um, it would for him just for him bringing it up um, just because um, honestly, I mean, look, uh, again, having watched it, having started watching it literally, I think at 13, literally, I know that for a fact, I think I started watching it at 13 and I followed it all the way through, right, through high school and like until I left New York, I think, the, I think it went five seasons. Um, if I can remember correctly, but I can't remember accurately. Either way, um, I thought that um, it was just sort of as a, I remember being young and thinking like, I watching it. Now, I, I got to watch it now, probably. That, I probably imagine it'd be interesting, right, uh, to see it now in the contrast of how I would view it. But um, I think that for me, um, what it did for me probably was um, the fact that it um, it showed me, um, you know, um, real like um i guess real life again gritty authentic um type stuff that was not far-fetched it wasn't like farcical it wasn't like you know whatever it was tangible stuff that could be well some of it right could possibly happen in prison right and whatnot everything so at that point um you know uh some of that stuff scared me you know what i'm saying it did like as a kid i was like wow like if that's what it's like to be in prison Holy shit, I don't want to be in prison. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, this this shit is rough. Like these dudes are no joke. Um, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, seriously, like it scared me a little bit. It did. Um, some of that stuff. Like not the, the sexual stuff, the, the the violence, right? Like the you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, like um the the sexual stuff is just another deal. But um no, but I mean I guess, you know, for me, uh, Oz is something I would bring up just because I think that um it's interesting looking back at like our lists and, um, you know, these different, um, you know, HBO series from the 90s that sort of set the uh, precedent for like things like The Sopranos and The Wire, right? And Band of Brothers and um, and and so on and so forth, right? You know, I'm a big fan of Deadwood. It's, it's something I really always will really enjoy. And I think it was a great, great show. Um, and same thing with uh, like Rome was great, um, you know, but um, in general, um, I thought Oz was very well done, even even then, even younger, not really understanding that much about cinematography or production or anything like that. I thought that it was very well acted and cast for the most part and everything, even back then, looking back. And I thought that, um, you know, again, the style from a nostalgia standpoint uh, and the fact that um, I see it as like sort of, I guess, um, also nostalgic in the fact that, um, you know, I don't even know how HBO does anymore as a TV station. Like, I don't have TV. I haven't had it for years. All I've had is Roku. I don't. I stream everything. So uh, it reminds me of like that time when TV was TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And um, Mike it's did have this on. It's HBO. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Mike did have it on his uh, Mount Rushmore as well. Um, yeah, I mean, just the fact that it was you know set in prison really was just so intense and you just had so many you know in you know insane you know different types of characters i mean you mm. know the fact that uh jk simmons was mm. you know, one of the main characters on the show is uh is pretty uh crazy to think about and then you just kind of look at all the um like supporting cast and um the guest stars that they had on here it's like you know a who's who for the for that time um and yeah just this really gritty you know just dark and down you know just like 
this is like this example of what you know of what the prison system was like um especially back then in the 90s and it really i mean when you think about it it was one of hbo's greatest um greatest shows um and it wasn't even on for that long i mean compared to some other you know shows hbo had had this this only ran for like you know five to six seasons so it was you know its run was you know relatively short um but it definitely made an impact um in the time that it was on just for how gritty and how intense it was for for the time um uh, keith do you have anything else to say about oz no i think you 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 both you both said it all about oz i mean yeah it's it's the beginning it was it was really like the beginning of like I hate to keep saying must see TV, but like it was the beginning of like the must watch shows on HBO. Um, and yeah, Oz, yeah, it scared the shit out of me too, Jeff. I mean, I was, yeah. I swear, I swear, if I ever do anything and if convicted of a crime, I will just beg on my hands and knees in front of the judge and be like, look, you can leave me in my house. I will never leave my house. Just don't yeah. send me to prison. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie either, Keith. I, I won't lie. Screw it. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to be PC. I was scared because that some of that sexual stuff. It did scare me. <laughs> I was. Yeah, because I, you know, the opening scene of Shawshank, when they bring the fat guy in and they're calling oh. him Fresh Fist and then he starts crying. That'll be me. That'll be me night one. I will not make it like Andy Dufresne. I will not. See, that's the thing, though, about that. What a contrast, Keith. The Shawshank Redemption was the way they handled it was sort of different. Like, it oh, totally hit, different. It didn't hit me that way. Oz, like, no. I was like, oh, damn. Yeah, no, like, no, no. Like, I don't, I, like, I don't want, I don't want to be raped by a dude. Yeah. You know no. what I'm saying? You watch like, like, you watch like Orange Is the New Black, and you go, yeah, you know what? Prison's not that bad. Nah, I guess. No, because at that point, I, ne- I never fought a man before. At that point, you know what I'm saying? Like, I never actually had, I never been in combat. I never actually like taken a punch to my face before, and like won a fight and knocked out, been knocked out, and all that kind of stuff. I never experienced it. So I didn't know what it was like to actually mix it up with a dude, right? So I didn't know what I could do in a, in a scrum. Now I do, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, and that, I still wouldn't want to be in that bitch. No. Yeah, Not. I don't think any of us do. Whatever that, whatever that guy, that one big African guy, black guy's name was, freaking, uh, or whatever, that had that, had, wore that stupid he- head thing, I don't want to mess with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody does. <laughs> no. All right. Um, all right, let's um, go back around to Keith. Um, give us another entry on your Matt Rushmore of uh, '90s dramas. Um, well, I I had said earlier when you had mentioned NYPD Blue that I had the other show, the other cop show. So that's Law and Order, and I mean this is just I, I mean I, like I said, you could probably switch and switch out. Uh, the only difference really with Law and Order and NYPD Blue is I mean there was no nudity in Law and Order, I don't think. And I mean obviously they they did try to do they did try to give equal footing to both the law and order type of scenario. So, I mean, you had your scenes with, um, you know, the police, and then you also had your scenes with the district attorney and the judge and, the, you know, the court trial scene and everything. So, but law and order is just another one of those where it it, it really opened up, I think, um, a lot of people's eyes to how the legal system actually works. And, um, of course, most of the time spins it in a positive light as in, you know, the police were always right and the district attorney's always good and all that kind of thing. But um, just, a, you know, I mean, the amount of spinoffs that that show spawned and the fact that um, and I'll just say on my honorable lynch and I put Lauren Order SVU just because it started in 99. So I think most people consider that like a 2000s drama. But I mean, that's the that's still going. That itself is still going. And the fact that I think they're bringing I think they brought back Lauren Order, actually. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's. 
Lauren Orr is on there for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I know um, Mike had it on his um, on his Mount Rushmore as well. I had it as an honorable mention. It just barely missed the missed the cut for me. And yeah, it's just again one of those um, like you talk about longevity. I mean, it started in 1990 and originally ended in 2010, and now, um, like you said, now and it, it came back last year after an 11 year hiatus. Um, I know when. A lot of people think Law and Order. They do think SVU just because that's had such a uh, that's had a continuous run um, without any real interruptions. Um, but this, but Law and Order, the original was where it all started. Um, and like you said, you know, there's been so many, uh, not just you know SVU, but there's been some other uh, you know spinoffs. You know, like uh, a Criminal Intent, um, Los Angeles, um, True yep. Crime. Criminal um, Intent was great too. Oh. Right, right, and uh, you know, obviously, those ones didn't have um, didn't have as much of the uh, longevity that the uh, the original Law and Order did or SVU. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, you know, it's just one of those uh, when you think you know police police dramas, Law and Order is definitely one of those that you have to uh, put up there as oh, one of the oh, best man. ones. Y- yeah, the 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 theme song is so like it's just so iconic. When you hear it, you just you know, you, you the first thing you think is Law and Order. So um, definitely a um, one that belongs on the list, and uh, Jeff, I know you kind of um, split between uh, the original Law and Order and uh, SVU. If you could um, explain that, yeah, and you know what, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm, I have that's the thing. Now, I've got I have guests at the bleeding edge, right? That that they won't they won't uh, rate. For instance, my boy Art Stanton from Podcast of Champions, he won't do a rating on a trailer or a movie or whatever or a film. He won't do a one to ten. He refuses. He won't just, he simply won't do it. And he won't watch trailers either. Right. I have lots of guesses that have certain little things like that. Right. For me, when we do ranking shows, when we do, when we're like, like, you know, coming up soon, we're going to do our, our ranking shows for MCU phase four. We're going to do MC, you know, for everything that came out in the MCU in 2022, where those, those, and those are fun shows. That's like, that's like fan service type stuff. Everybody loves that. Like people are fighting to get on the panel for those shows. I end up with like eight, nine people on the panel. You know, but they'd have to do it in two shows every time. It's fun. Um, but either way, it's hard for me to like um narrow down and rank this stuff in like in order or like sometimes or fit so, you know things into three picks when I want when those five where I feel all deserve to be in that three. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I just that's all I mean is just that um it's like you know um my opinions change at times with well, this Disney Plus series for instance sometimes. You know, like um, sometimes something uh, I don't think is that great. When I first time I watch it and review it, now that I'm a content creator and everything and whatnot at this point in my life, then like six months, eight months later, I look back at it. And I'm like, you know what? This wasn't a bad show. You know what I mean? Like, so but bottom line, this stuff don't change when it comes to law and order. SVU, I just feel like it's not right. It's not fair to not properly mention SVU and the original law and order, which I just want to ask you guys, because you know more than I would. I know that, the, that they decided to bring back the original law and order. Is it on now? Uh, they, it looks like it's, um, did it already come out? Did it already come out? It started last, um, it started last February and it's, um, and the new season, the newest season premiered on, um, last September. So I don't know if it's still, if it's still going on or if they've, if it's ended and they're waiting for the next season to come out. Did they bring back any of the old, um, actors or actresses or characters or anything? Uh... I mean, it's no big deal. I'm just wondering. This, I'm just off offhand. I mean, because I might even watch it. That I mean, I just. Was I don't. I mean, I don't know if they did. I mean, it don't even matter, it, really. The only one that would have made a difference is uh, 
It's what's his name and he, he dies. Um, no, no, honestly, Keith, you're right. It doesn't make any difference. As well, Sam they... Waters, St- Sam Waters yeah. still might be on it. You know, he might still be on it. Um, yeah, that's it, right. Jerry Orbach was like the one that everybody loved and he, he died. So yeah, that's unfortunately he was outstanding too. Uh, yeah. No, um, the original Law and Order to me is like honestly, I don't want to overdo this any here or anything like that. But like I swear, I swear, um, the original Law and Order to me is a staple to me in terms of like, um, what I believe. For me personally, what I see as like core quality television, right? Like in general, that I find personally entertaining and like is that is a level of acting and like and writing and as a cop show, as, as a legal drama, a cop show, but legal drama, along with like the police angle that, you know, that they that they would kind of like deviate and like, you know, use more heavily in some seasons more than others and whatnot, right? Depending on the cast, the cast. Um, I mean, the fact that on the original on order, when they would flip the cast around or without and they would and they they would actually add new characters and withdraw characters, it never changed anything. Really, you know what I'm saying? Like it never affected the quality of the show. Um, now, looking back, I have watched some of the original seasons from the 80s a little bit now, looking back older, and they are a little bit like less interesting to me. They're not as hard hitting. But um but no, you know, but but the Sam Waterston or box stuff. Oh, my God. And then just Ricky, you know, uh, some of just there were so many great actors, uh, you know, that, that, and actresses that, that were on that show. Um, such a great legal drama. Um, I just don't see SBU is a different animal. Right. Like, um, it's, it, you know, I mean, it is it's a different deal. Um, but the original Law and Order to me is like that's like that's like the uh, that that's my MVP. That's like that's my um, there's uh, you know, that's that's my stand my gold standard in terms of like legal, legal, serious legal drama. Um, you know, like that and She-Hulk is like a tie for me, you know, um, but either way. No, but, uh, and, you know, and then with SVU, what can I say? Just bottom line, um, Mariska Hardigay, baby. Right. And then, you know, um, uh, I forgot the name, name of the actor. And I feel bad that I can't. But her partner, Stabler, unbelievable. Uh, what a combination. Um, the, you know, what a great spinoff, right? Some of these spinoffs now are just terrible. That was a great spinoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so this again, longevity for, for both the original Law and Order and SVU, um, definitely, uh, merits some, uh, some inclusion on the, on a Mount Rushmore for dramas. Okay. Well, Jeff, you have one entry left on your Mount Rushmore. So why don't you go ahead and give it to us? Sopranos. Uh, and these are tough. I'll tell you right now, um, Stephen. You may. You're, I'm really gonna. You're, you're, I'm gonna end up upset with you because you're gonna end up making me get so 90s nostalgic. I'm gonna have to add like an, another show to my week just to talk about the 90s now, which I don't need really. <laughs> but whatever. Um, no, but um, you know, and you, Stephen, freaking liking everything I like, man. The hell, man. Um, no, but uh, try to copy me. I'm just playing. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, no, Sopranos. But what can I say? I mean, the Sopranos. I mean. Um, again, what, I mean, I, what did it come out? 98, I think. So like, it's it really kind of more of a 2000s show, I guess. Um, but still, um, don't get me wrong. I, I don't think like there are people out there that think Sopranos is the best HBO series that's ever been, that ever came out. I don't believe that. I don't personally, but everybody has their own opinion. Right. And that's one of the things on the MCU's bleeding edge. We really care about that. I care about deeply is that I do care about, we we love different opinions. That's what makes our shows fun. Why have a discussionally themed show? People's everyone's uniform about things. Well, that's not fun or entertaining. Um, 
you know, as long as it doesn't get hostile, right? Um, you know, but um, no, at the end of the day, um, the Sopranos, I think, was a great series. Um, and um, I know that, like, for my dad, for instance, um, gr- growing up from Jersey, right, Stephen? Um, you know, what my dad did, um, you know, then moving to New York, um, he really connected as an Italian with the Sopranos series, like not just like as entertaining as entertaining. He connected to it, like from the um, a standpoint of, I swear, I'm not trying to sound weird, but I believe that my own dad would fantasize in his head that he was in the Sopranos, right? Like it made him think about as almost like a kid, like what it would be like to be a mobster in a way. Like he connected that way with Gandolfini. He did, I think, in like Sopranos in a way. I found that interesting being young like that. Like when I was younger, um, I remember thinking to myself, like when I contemplated that and I was intuitive enough to be able to tell that my dad had that type of vibe with it, um, that that was interesting. And I still find it interesting. Um, I never had that attachment. Like my Italian thing means nothing to me. I'm Czechoslovakian and Italian. It is what it is. Um, you know, it doesn't get me. Uh, I don't. Uh, women are, are trying to hang out with me every day and whatnot or something because I'm Italian. Um, but no, this parallel is just really great. Great acting. Great casting. Again, wonderful casting. Um, whoever the hell uh, it does the casting with HBO, the HBO series is like at Sarah Finn level as far as I'm concerned, because they're usually pretty much on point and have been for a long time. They, they deserve props for that. Um, but no, Sopranos was classic. And um, Gandolfini was classic. Rest his, God, God bless his soul. It's very unfortunate that he died as young as he did. It really is. Um, I think his son is going to be in the Daredevil Born Again series. Next year on Disney Plus, um, he's going to play uh, one of Kingpin's goons or something like that. Um, so we'll see him, his legacy again. And, um, you know, and uh, uh, what is your name that played the psychiatrist? Um, Lorraine actress, Bracco. Oh, my God. Lorraine Bracco. What an outstanding job she did. I mean, I can't remember. I know that she I know she won awards. To, I know she did for, for her performance and whatnot and everything. I know several of the characters did. His wife, uh, Tony's wife did, Camilla, I think, was nominated for stuff, for a TV award, for stuff for, uh, for um, uh, I forget what they're called, uh, uh, not Grammys, obviously, uh, whatever. Um, Emmys. Emmys, Emmys. I know his was cleaned up. I know that. I know it did really well. Um, but, um, no, nah, um, great show, uh, outstanding, and uh, not the not, not, not my pinnacle. I still, I think Law & Order is better. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I know uh, Michael had this um, on his Mount Rushmore's World to, cl- to finish up his list. I had um, I debated it, but just because um, I considered this more of a 2000s show, that's why I didn't include it. I know again, that's you know where does the the line draw for you? Um, but I definitely agree with you when you definitely when you think um, HBO shows. This is this is I think the one that everyone thinks of you know thinks of first just because of how great it was. Um, because James Gandolfini was tremendous in his role as Tony Soprano. And again, like you said, a guy we lost way too soon. Um, very unfortunate. Um, yeah, there, just really one. Stephen, were there any other, or Keith, were there any other shows, HBO series, other than the Sopranos that came out? I can't remember that came out right at the end of the 90s that went into the 2000s. Um, that were actually successful at all, or like, you know, like, I mean, The Wire, well, came, I mean, out, I, the Wire came out in the early 2000s. I know that. And the wire came out in two thousand. I think oh, yeah, in it was the two thousands. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um. I mean, Curb might have started in like ninety nine. Mm. You know. Good point. That's all. I was just wondering off the off, off the off the cuff. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's t- it's tough, but um, but yeah, I mean, like like you said, this is you know, it was a fantastic show. It's one of those ones I definitely I've always wanted to go back and watch. That's just you know, you only have so many hours in the day that you can only do so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course I'm and then of course um last uh, in twenty twenty one they had the the prequel basically to the to the show the many states of Newark, uh, that came out in um in theaters mm-hmm. and HBO Max. Um, I know that um that didn't do incredibly well but it you know did fine enough for what it did but um but yeah i think when you like i said when you ask a lot of people what they consider one of the greatest hbo shows of all time um i'm sure a lot of people will say the sopranos is um right near the top of the list if not the top of the list for a lot of people um so i definitely i think that's a good pick um keith do you have anything else to say about the sopranos um i mean i not not that no I'll, I'll skip for now only because i mean yeah this is one of those that's a show that i could talk about for for 45 years and still find stuff to talk about um i mean I, you know steve i would highly recommend going back and rewatching it because it's i've rewatched it probably four or five times and i still pull so many things from there i mean it's such a great show mm-hmm yeah, like yeah, there's a there's a like I said, a couple of shows I've always I've wanted to go back and watch, but again, there's just so many hours in the day. It's like this is you know, true, just, just to balance everything. Well, just watch it, watch it while you're working. That's all, you know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but, <laughs> all right. Well, Keith, you have one entry left on your Mount Rushmore, so why don't you go ahead and give it to us? I do. It is the X Files. Um, this is one of those. I mean, that was just. God, it was so good. Um, I mean, another Fox show, um, really kind of odd in the science fiction genre, but also very dramatic. And uh, I mean, spawned a movie, spawned, um, I think another, I want to say they rebooted it like briefly um, a couple they years did, they ago. They did. They did. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, just amazing show. Um, I loved it. I loved every episode. I loved every week, would watch it. Um, I think one of my favorite episodes is early on is the one where they're they're out investigating like the there was like these tree loggers who were out and they were dying for something. And then it ended yeah. up being like this weird, like kind of mold or fungus that was in the trees that would only attack at night. And oh, it was so good. It was such a good show. So and I mean, and I love that the I love that it wasn't all alien related, that it was a lot of it was kind of like just weird spooky shit that was going on and you know in the in the country and and that they were investigating things and then of course you know the movie is kind of centered around that but um just it, it kind of hit that it kind of came at that time where i think people were getting a little nostalgic about the alien invasion in the 1950s and you know the alien abductions in like the 70s and 60s and 70s so you know it was just a uh, yeah great show great show Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I had it. Um, it was my last pick as well. Um, my uh, I remember like growing up in the 90s. Um, I remember the X-Files was usually the follow follow with the Simpsons on um, on Sunday night. <laughs> yeah. So bef- yeah, before um, before Fox decided to make Sunday night basically animation domination, it was Simpsons and then X-Files. So that's my yeah. biggest memories of it. But um, but yeah, I mean, just for a sci fi show, it was just so you know, amazingly well done. Mm-hmm. Um, David Duchovny, David Duchovny and Jillian Anderson were great together. Oh yeah. Um, they, they've had such great chemistry, which is funny. Cause I've, you know, read some stories about it that they reportedly didn't get along, you know, in real life, which is kind of crazy to think considering the wow. great chemistry that they, they did have. Um, yeah. I never, never, I never would have guessed that. 
Yeah, again, it's crazy to think considering the like I said, the great chemistry they had. Um, and then I mean, that's just I mean, then you had Robert Patrick who was there for like the uh, towards the end. Yeah. Um, just yeah, just so much great stuff, and it really kind of tapped, like you said, tapped into that um like sci-fi, you know, aliens, you know, paranormal, mm-hmm. extraterrestrial, um, you know, thing that you know, it's things that you know weren't you know you didn't see a lot of in TV back then. So and it, again, it was another great hit for Fox, and you know, they were you know Fox was really you know really knew how to you know market their comedies and their dramas. So I think they deserve a lot of that credit for the stuff that they were able to um to pull off back then, especially in the nineties. Um, uh, Jeff, do you have anything else to say about the X Files? I was honestly, I'm very thankful to you, Stephen, and to you, Keith, and to Michael. Sorry that you know Michael uh, bladed you know to that to you. Honestly, I I find this very um uh, reflective and like um uh it's very it, it's really making me um connect myself to some different things that I haven't thought about in a while to tell you the truth and um like for instance the fact that actually there is something about regular television that I miss the fact that you could just stumble across repeats of, of shows that were old mm-hmm. and just watch them right like the hell with it like oh I like this anyway you know what I mean this is something I like like yes files right why not just watch it it's on. Right. Like now with streaming and, and your ability to just pick and choose, that's not there. That random element. Right. So um, I, I, I want to believe that, like, on some TV channel or some station somewhere right now on DirecTV or whatever, Comcast, Hispinity, the X-Files is repeats around something. I hope. Um, yeah, I'd hope, really. But I guess you don't. I don't know. Right. Uh, but, um, you know, like, uh, No. Yes, Files is a great show. I'm surprised about the, you know, what I find interesting about the whole dichotomy of them not getting along to Covney and Jillian Anderson is that I wouldn't be able to pick which one would be, would be the issue because they both come off to me as like, personally, as if they'd be like assholes individually. Like the company comes off very arrogant and smug and Jillian Anderson comes off very like egotistical and like above everybody too. I've seen them both in interviews and whatnot and they have that vibe, right? So like at that point, I wouldn't know which one would be like the fucking asshole. Both of them probably are. Um, but either way, um, I liked The S-Files not just because of the – it was a cool show. I like sci-fi. I liked it because, again, in the 90s, my, my first girlfriend, my junior girlfriend in eighth grade was a redhead, right? So I loved redheads, and she was redhead. So you know what I'm saying? I thought she was fine as hell back in the 90s. I was like, yo, Jillian, she's smoking hot, Scully. Like they dressed her down big time, but, but like she's fine. Um, and like, I had that eye man back then, even back then where I was like, yo, I, I, I knew what, what, like what, what I found attractive, um, from an adult standpoint and, uh, Julian Anderson did it for me. And honestly, what I think it's really interesting too, is the fact that like, almost like Frazier in a way, um, look like she's a trained freaking like at stage actress, right? I mean, seriously, she's from the UK, I think, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Um, so like, um, to, to think that, like, of all things, what what she's known for in her career and what ended up, you know, being what she really has done, and that's pretty much it, is the X-Files on Fox. Like, how the hell did she even end up getting casted for that? So it's just interesting to me, right? Like, what the hell? That's strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it um it definitely works, so, um, so kudos to them for that. All yeah. right, well, that will... Um... Hey. Stephen, kudos to any of these British people that can pull, pull off our accents perfectly. And then when we do it, we butcher it. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, well, that will uh, conclude all of our um, lists here. So let's now just go ahead and talk about any album mentions that we haven't um, brought up yet. I will go ahead and start here. Um, I, like I said, had the on order um, in mind. Um, another trio of um, Fox shows that really um, touched um, touched a lot of you know viewers. Um, you had Ally McBeal. Ah. Um, yeah, yeah, obviously everyone remembers um, you know the ba- the baby and the uh, you know all that and all that good stuff. Um, Kind of the similar vein of uh, Beverly Hills 90210, Melrose Place. Party mm-hmm. Five. Party Five. Party mm-hmm. Party Five. I have that one too. Those are those two are kind of like the almost like the spiritual successors for uh, for Beverly Hills 90210. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought they definitely deserve to mention it. My HBO uh, pick here, um, actually uh, for a 90 show, Sex in the City. Mm. Um, another show that I think um, gets um, is remembered very fondly. Uh, you know, the the two movies. You know, you can maybe t- take with a grain of but um, but obviously the shows the show itself very um well remembered, and then the last one I had um Dawson's Creek, another mm. kind of uh interesting kind of uh late later nineties um drama that kind of touched on a lot of uh, issues in, regarding um teenagers I thought um, definitely deserved um some mentions there, um I'll just quickly mention uh, Michaels as well um even though he had the show and his honorable mentions in um the sitcoms. Um, we were, I know we were talking about during the break of uh, the wonder years, um, mm-hmm. kind of played more like a drama than, um, than the, than a comedy. So he kind of had a, you know, both ways. Um, and then the other one he had was, um, another, uh, cop show homicide life on the streets, mm-hmm. kind of, um, kind of on the lower end tier to compared to like law and order and, and NYPD blue, but he definitely, um, wanted to throw those in there as well. Um, Keith, did you have any other honorable mentions that we haven't talked about yet? Uh, the only one that I really have on my list is um, I, I have uh, Quantum Leap, and that was just that was a personal favorite of mine. Um, came out in 1989, but went through the 90s, and uh, Quantum Leap just great, amazing show. Doctor Sam Beckett, I mean, God, I just even even now they have the reboot, and it, it well not really a reboot. It's kind of like it is a sequel. It's a sequel to the show, and uh, it's pretty good. But which was great because I think like right before the sequel came out. Um, they were like, they were just running episodes on, I don't know, one of the shows on one of the channels on cable. And I was just watching it. And again, it was another show where like my brother would sit down or my nephew would sit down and they'd be watching it kind of just like haphazardly watching it with me. And I'm my nephew being like, what the hell is this show? And I was like, oh my God, do you want to talk about quantum leap for a while? Let's talk about quantum leap. So yeah. <laughs> I got to give you credit, Keith. I, I don't even bother with my kids to try to get them to watch stuff I like from, oh. But I love that show so good. I mean, let's put it this way. I was more excited that, um, you know, that Sam Beckett was going to be on Enterprise than for it being a that he was on Enterprise as opposed to, you know, having another Star Trek show, which I'm a Star Trek fan. So having another Star Trek show out, I was like, oh, my God, no, Sam Beckett's on it. So, <laughs> Some of the time, Keith, I'll tell you a personal story about my experiences going on my boy Jermaine's um, Star Trek podcast slash uh, live stream show, YouTube channel and whatnot, because I'm not a big Star Trek person. I don't know much about it. I just went on there for shits and giggles to be embarrassed, basically. It was interesting. I'll tell you some other time. Okay. <laughs> All right. And uh, Jeff, did you have any other Apple mentions that we haven't talked about yet? I'm not, I'm not going to mention mine. I just want to mention yours. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, Sex in the City, I forgot completely. I loved it. I totally did. I'm not going to lie. Loved it. I don't care what anybody thinks of me. Call me whatever you want. I don't care. I watched the hell out of it. I loved it. Lori Long was Sopranos. I never I missed, I never missed episodes. I watched it 
every time it came out, the night it came out or whatever it was, Sunday night or whatever, I watched it. Um, I loved it. I thought that um, I liked all the characters. I thought they were all great. Um, I thought they were all they all worked well together. Uh, and um, I like Jessica Parker. Um, Sarah Jessica Parker. And, um, you know, and then Dawson's Creek. Hey, um, I, I don't know. I, I didn't watch the last couple of seasons. I heard it fell off pretty bad. But the first two seasons or whatever, um, my friends in high school back then and whatnot and everything, and my girlfriend, we used to watch it together and talk on the phone to each other while watching it. Mm. That, like, that's how into it we were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was definitely a big show for the time. So, Who does that now? Not a, not a lot of people. I'll definitely yeah. um, I'll say that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that will go ahead and uh, wrap things up here. This was definitely a lot of fun. We talked to a lot of great shows um, across um, all the spectrums for sitcoms and dramas. And um, like I said, we you know we had already, already did, we already did a show about 80s um, sitcoms and dramas. I'm sure um, we'll come back again to do the 2000s because there were a lot of great shows in that run too. So, uh, but before we go, let's go ahead and talk about where everyone can find us in terms of other shows or podcasts we got going on and where they can find us on social media. Um, I'll just quickly mention for uh, Michael. Um, uh, he, of course, is going to be running a um, a pool for the Royal Rumble this year. Um, if you want more info on that, you can go on to uh, the Facebook Messenger and uh, message him, and he can get you all the details about that in terms of um, the cost and um, how the, and the rules and all that stuff. So be sure to um, – if you are going to be watching the Rumble um, this year, um, be sure to get involved in that. Um, Jeff, why don't you let us know um, what you've got going on in terms of your shows and uh, where everyone can find you on social media. Well, most importantly, because um, I'm not a big plugger, I won't lie anyways. Um, I, like, you know, uh, I just want to say thank you very much for the opportunity to come on. Um, and I, I would be honestly very thankful and appreciative and would love to come back on and do If you have a slot for the 2000s, I would genuinely enjoy it. If, if the scheduling works or whatever, I'd love to come on and whatnot. I, I really enjoy doing this. Um, having a chance to meet Keith and Michael was excellent. I love meeting new people. The fact that I'm actually going to record with Keith on Wednesday night for Andor. Well, there's a plug right there. We're doing Andor. We're going to do Andor episode 11 and 12 as a double review on the MCU's Bleeding Edge YouTube channel and podcast. You can find us on any social media platform out there. Um, we live stream on everything, basically, you know, um, essentially, right, that's possible, uh, permissible on StreamYard and, like, restream and whatnot and everything, you know. Um, uh, we're uh, we're on Rumble, uh, which is kind of a, not a new thing, but we've been on there. We've only been on there for four or five months, and we're trying to kind of grow something on there. And um, we just hit 10,000 subs. So, um, you know, like that's always positive, right? And, um, you know, and we're doing pretty well. And uh, like I said, you know, um, uh, I actually took a show off Wednesday night last week because uh, Cyber, my co-host, um, his back got, he's through back got thrown out at work. And um, I barely do this, but I actually decided to have some balance in my life for once. And I was like, well, shoot, if Cyber's going to take the night off, I'm taking the night off too. I called my guests and told them I was just going to chill. I just chilled out and had a good night and rested. But um, no, um, I got just to record with Keith and meet you and everything and whatnot. I had a wonderful time. Thank, thank you very much. And um, like you know, now I'm even more looking forward to like doing the review, the double review with Keith, because then we're gonna have a great, wonderful time together. Um, this will be fun. And uh, yeah, so you know, we're gonna double review. Could be interesting. And our episode 11 and 12. Um, you can come check us out and do Willow, the finale review on Friday evening if you want. But I wouldn't even bother, to be honest with you, because uh, Willow is about as um enjoyable to review as uh you know um you know uh i guess uh watching you know just sit in the room by yourself in the dark you know, it would probably be more positive than like you know watching willow and reviewing it to be honest with you 
But um, no, we do three shows a week. We do three live stream discussions of shows a week. Wednesday, Friday nights, we do 9.35 p.m. Eastern, 6.35 p.m. Pacific. We go live stream on everything. Um, and then we on Sundays, we do 7 p.m. Eastern. Sundays right now, we're doing a Phase 5, Phase 6 MCU preview. The Rising discussional like series show type deal. We're going to do all the way into March. So we're very, we have a good time. We're very fluid about stuff. And um, just, hey, thankful for the opportunity. I really enjoyed myself. Oh yeah, thanks. Um, thanks for coming on. It's always great to have some uh, new voices here. So, and definitely um, to everyone out there, be sure to uh, keep on the lookout for the, for all those shows. I'm definitely going to get into those myself as well. Um, Keith, what do you got going on in terms of uh, other podcasts and where everyone can find you on social media? Uh, so everybody can find me mostly on Twitter uh, at Flounder824. Um, you can also find me on the Facebook under my name, uh, and you know if you, it's Keith Langston. Uh, but as far as shows that I'm doing, so you can always hear me on GFA Live with PD, and that's available on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts, um, or wherever other fine podcasts are found. Um, and we're so that we're 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 marching ever so close to the Survivor Series '88 um, this past. Uh, this past Saturday, when we're recording this, um, it, we just watched um, we watched an NWA. I think it was NWA Worldwide from '88. So we're jumping back and forth a little bit, but we're in '88 right now, so we're having a good time with that. Um, also, um, dropping at some point in January, uh, the latest episode of Multiverse of Fabulousness with Johnny C. He and I did. Uh, we created our own Royal Rumbles, and um, that was. Uh, <laughs> that was an experiment and it was a, it was a fun experience because we did we did Royal Rumbles where we had um, fictional characters, uh, real life athletes, uh, real life celebrities and wrestlers mixing it up. So we had a few matches and then we did a men's rumble and a team, excuse me, a men's rumble and a female rumble. Um, and pretty much the other thing that I'm kind of always on now is uh, the pop video, ju- pop video jukebox song of the day uh, with Steve and Andy. And that's a. Uh, so uh, we just did, um, I think we just finished, well, this week was what, nine, no, it was this week 91 Hit Wonders, and then next, I think, and then the week after next is going to be uh, another theme week, so check us out on that, um, and that's on the um, pop pop feed for PTVN, correct? Yeah, so yeah, this week, it's um, the, when we're recording this, it is uh, 90s uh, One Hit Wonders, and then the next uh, theme yeah. week will be... Um, Songs with like the word cold in it or yeah. you know, some variation of the word cold. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, be on the, so be on the lookout for that. Um, yep. As for my, oh, go ahead. No, 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 I was going to say I'm all over the North South connection and then place to be nation. So just check out my, check out my Twitter because that usually is where I end up getting, I put where I am, <laughs> but thank you again, Steve. Thank you again for this. I really appreciate it. I love being on the show. Of course. And uh, as for myself, um, as Keith mentioned, uh, Video Jukebox Song of the Day. Um, that's a lot of fun to just watch those music videos and just um, just BS about them. Uh, it's an easy way to get through your you know, your morning. Um, I, of course, also have uh, Pop Goes the Classics, where me, Andy, and Miranda are doing all of the Disney animated films. Uh, most recently, we just talked Hercules. So our next episode will be, of course, about Mulan as we uh, come to the tail mm-hmm. end of the Disney renaissance. Um, so be on the lookout for that. And, of course, also on the uh, wrestling feed, I have uh, Extreme Resurrection, where me and James Grunberg are going through the uh, WWE revival of ECW. Uh, we are currently into uh, March 2007, um, on the road to WrestleMania 23. So the shows haven't been the best, but it's been interesting kind of seeing that. So um, God, God so bless keep, uh, you. God bless you for 
being on with Grooney. <laughs> <laughs> he's a trip, man, but he's great. He is a trip, him. yeah. So, yeah. Oh, and, and I think um, we, we have to also mention Stream Lounge. We, you and I were all over Stream Lounge. Uh, yes, I was actually just about to say that. Oh, good. Um, good. If you are, um, so be sure to, um, if you do have Stream Lounge, to follow us there. Um, I know Andy has a lot of great shows there. Um, Blockbuster Rewatch. He's um, he's wrapping up the MCU. Um, Pop Goes the Classics. He's doing all the Pixar films. And then, of course, with the recent edition of Peacock, we are, of course, now just watching a bunch of wrestling stuff. And um, that's, of course, through streaming the classics on the wrestling feed. Um, Keith and I have been on a couple of um, shows for um, we've been done a, doing a couple of Royal Rumbles. I know you um, actually the most recent one that you did was 89, um, I believe, with uh, with Derek Cornette. Yes. And actually, as we're recording this, um, I can say we're going to be doing 90 um, actually tomorrow. And uh, yeah, if and if you're on Streamlaunch, my name on there is A View to a Thrill. So, and I gotta I gotta find somebody to edit my face onto uh, Roger Moore's body in that poster for A Few to a Kill. That's I, I need that. <laughs> oh, kind of like uh, kind of like my thumbnail for the night she hulked on me, um, where I've got where I've got the, the picture of her like carrying me to the bedroom like a baby with my face on it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I need I need I need to I need to get somebody to put a cartoon version of Oh, I can do the, it. Uh, I can do it. On the oh, Roger yeah. Moore face standing on the uh, San Francisco Bridge there. Just wait, Keith, you'll see on Wednesday night what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to find out, brother. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's um that's so good. I know um recently me and Andy did a um did a live watch of the 2008 Royal Rumble. Um that was a lot of fun. And then I actually ran solo uh watching the first episode of Monday Night Raw for the 30th anniversary. So mm. be sure to check out um check out all that stuff on Stream Lounge and be sure to check out like I said um all the stuff on the Pop feed, uh the wrestling feed, the North South Connection feed which is now in audio and video form. Um, they of course have the uh, they just launched NorthSouthConnection.com and their own YouTube channel. So be sure to uh, check all that stuff out there, um, as well as everything else across the uh, quad across the quadapods and across um, the place to be nation uh, place to be mm-hmm. nation.com, um, the Facebook page where you can find me most of the time. Um, we of course are currently um, get in the process of dropping the GWWE uh, lists. Um, that actually, I think, just um, started this past Friday as of we're recording this. So every Friday we'll be dropping um, more sections of the list as we unveil our um, our rankings for that. And speaking of um, lists, uh, us over here at the Pop Feed are going to be starting our own uh, G uh, greatest uh, pop uh, list ever as we are going to be ranking uh, TV sitcoms. Um, so it's going to work the same as a GWWE where you um, submit a list of 100 uh, shows and then we, you know, uh, Pull to tally up all the votes and then create a uh, the master list of the um, of the of the greatest sitcoms. Um, you will have until July 31st to get your list in, and then we will start unveiling it um, Labor Day weekend. So um, start putting some thought into it. Um, if you listen to this show, um, I'm sure we have some great uh, suggestions for you because I'm sure some of the, a lot of the sitcoms we talked about tonight will be on the will make a lot of people stop 100. So be on the lookout for that. Um, with that said, uh, gentlemen, again, thank you both for coming on here. And again, thank you to Mike for coming on as well. It's been, um, it was a blast. Uh, had a lot of great fun. And we will see you, um, and we will t- see you for uh, next month. So for Jeff Sloboda, Keith Langston, and Michael Cook, I am Steve Riddle. This has been Making Mount Rushmore on the PTP Pop Experience. And we will see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>